you have all these gifts, you know, you, you turn that aggressive behavior into boldness. That hot temper you got, you can get through to that really tough guy. Take that, that, and you flip that, that anger. You flip whatever it is that the enemy said you are. You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 69, The Surrender, featuring Beth Fields' bunch of Almost Home Ministries. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Thank you for choosing to listen to another episode of Find the Good News. In this episode, I'm sharing my visit with Beth Fields Bunch, the founder of Almost Home Ministries, a Christ-oriented recovery ministry in Sulphur, Louisiana. Beth shares the origins of her ministry, many of the harsh realities those in recovery face, and the triumphs Almost Home continues to have in helping people rebuild their lives from the ground floor. The next episode of Find the Good News features Shaquilla Solomon. Shaquilla is a Southwest Louisiana educator that has been teaching in Nigeria. During her holiday visit, she took time to stop by the Good News studio. Our conversation was dynamic, and I think you'll gain a lot from her experiences. On February 6, 2019, Southwest Louisiana lost a beloved human being. He was a talented musician, brother, and friend, but to many, he was an everyday saint in their lives. I'm talking about Brian Moore. Two days before Christmas 2019, several of Brian's dearest friends spent an evening with me sharing their loving memories of Brian. This February 11th, a day declared by Lake Charles Mayor Nick Hunter as Brian Moore Day, I'll be airing that very special tribute episode. That's all of the announcements I have for this episode. Let's put ourselves in the right headspace to think about others. Put our own worries and troubles aside for just a little while. Roll up the blinds so a little love and compassion can shine in. And press play on a little good news. Finding out that there are even more good people doing good works in your hometown is always exciting to me. A year ago, I would have never believed that people would just come up to me when I'm out and about and hand me a slip of paper with a lead on someone doing excellent service in the community I grew up in, but that's my new reality. Still, as often as it happens, I can't get used to the light that rises in me, that warm feeling that drives away sneaky thoughts of gloom and doom and replaces them with something that's sorely missing in this world. That rising light is hope. That's what I discovered once again when Beth Fields Bunch agreed to come and visit me on Find the Good News. Beth runs Almost Home Ministries, a Christian recovery ministry in Sulphur, Louisiana, that helps individuals rebuild their lives while overcoming the heavy burdens and sorrows caused by substance abuse and subsequent addictions. Beth and those in her ministry meet people in their hopelessness and brokenness, offering them a ladder out of the deep hole of despair they've often climbed. Almost Home Ministries provides loving structure and guidance, helping those that many have written off as lost causes. Christian discipleship pays off for Beth and those in her ministry. They take the call to love and serve the lost sincerely. Where others may see a burden, Almost Home Ministries sees a fellow child of God. Many aren't able to look past the stigma and the shame of past mistakes, but Beth believes in transformation, using the genuine pains and troubles of the past as gifts to reach others that may be on the same sorrowful road. 
She understands this because her feet trod that same road, and she found a better way. For Beth, the path to rebuilding and healing presents itself when, in our brokenness, we surrender to something greater than ourselves. It is this something greater that changed her life and gave birth to Almost Home Ministries. For individuals shattered by substance abuse and addiction, it is this something greater that continues to hem frayed edges, knitting and reforming their lives, healing broken families. It is this something greater that offers them the rising light of hope. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear. The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep. On the path to your deliverance in a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. Would you mind taking a minute and telling them who you are and a little bit about your program, and we can just dive off a cliff from there. Okay, sounds good. Uh, my name is Beth Bunch, and I have Almost Home Discipleship Ministries here in Sulphur, Louisiana, and we are a residential discipleship program for men and women. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we have um, right now we have five beds for women and twelve for men. Okay. And our men are housed at our our church, the Open Door Biker Church. Oh, okay. And I didn't realize that. Yes. Oh, okay. Pastor Jay Lawson is my pastor. Okay. Yeah. I did my discipleship through Sean Barron, who, yeah. who is with The Gathering and has Freedom Ministries. Yeah. We did two and a half year discipleship program with him, my husband and I. And um, then about three years ago, we started our residential program. Okay. So I didn't realize that. I thought it was just women. I didn't realize it was men and women. I mostly program. work the, the women's program. Okay. Um, and the, our pastor is over the men's program. I teach the men and the women. Okay. Um, at a, a community center that we'll talk about maybe after a while. Yeah. And um, the, I house the women. He houses the men. Okay. So uh, this is always one of the first things I ask people is uh, why do something instead of nothing, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of pains and aches and ailments in the world. And there's many of us get those pings to do something. I mean, or your heart quivers and you mm-hmm. say, I see this need. Someone should do something about that. That's what a lot of us say, right? right? But then there's those people in the world who go to the next step and they go, oh, that someone is me. And so I'm just curious about that with you. You know, why why do something instead of nothing? Where does your story start with this? Well, five years ago, uh, my husband and I, lives were radically changed when we surrendered 
Um, uh. We were um, in active addiction and uh, alcoholism. And um, my husband had conquered drugs about five years before I met him. And um, so we, uh, five years, so we spent better part of 10 years or so together um, drinking and doing what people do in Louisiana. <laughs> sure. And um, we uh, woke up. Actually, this is a really fun season for us in the holiday season because we got sober on January 1st. It will be five years for really? us. Yeah. Was it a part of a New Year's commitment? No. Or, okay. uh, no. I had been feeling a tug for uh. a better part of the year. Um, he had not. Um, I didn't grow up in a lot in church. I did a little bit of church. My husband did grow up in church. And um, we... Uh, over that year, I had just kind of started feeling a, a pull that I had never really felt before. I didn't know what what was going on. What do you um, mean by that? Can well, we pause? Oh, I'd like to hear more about that pull. Well, I literally just the summer before I quit drinking, um, I just felt this. I, need, I wanted to listen to Christian music, mm. and I felt like I wanted to start going to church and doing some different things and it just kind of i like to say i had this big thing happen and all this but it didn't it just sort of kind of came over me um and uh i went to see my brother in texas and to tell him all about it and because he was the christian of our life at that point and um i went all i went up there to talk to him about it and we got real busy and didn't get a chance to talk to it but so i left kind of upset and came home and i started trying to tell my family and my friends and we were not that kind of family we were the we lived on the river we were kind of had a party house we were the, that kind of people and um so nobody really received all that they were kind of like mom's freaking out what is like, she doing what are you talking yeah, about like, we don't do that that's not what we do yeah and my husband actually told me he said i'm not doing all that mm. you know i'm not doing that i grew up that way um i don't want that and i no, i'm not yeah. doing it i'm not gonna marry someone doing that either so i'm thinking so now there's a division right yeah i'm thinking okay if i do this i'm gonna <laughs> what's gonna happen you're you breaking know? apart yeah. yeah so i kind of went back and forth a little bit on it and um and I remember telling one of my sons one time, we were driving home, and I said, you know, I, I really want to change. I mean, I was looking around, and our family and, and my children and my sisters were all in addiction, um, a lot of them in drug addiction. Yeah. And uh, going in and out of jail and prison and just a lot of things, you know. And um, I have my grandchildren by that time, and I said, I just don't want something different. But I didn't really know what to do or how to do it. And you're not connected to a church at this point, no, right? No, far from it. <laughs> so you're just having this, something's tugging on you. Yeah. You're, you're feeling like this chrysalis happened, right? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah right. it just it, it just kept growing, and I didn't know what to do with it. And um, I didn't really have anybody in my life except my brother that was an active Christian. I mean, my mother-in-law, I had I have aunts and uncles that were. And, of course, you reached out to your brother, and that conversation didn't happen. Right. Okay. I thought, it, yeah. And so um, I had a lot of people plant seeds over the years, yeah. aunts and uncles and things, but um, I didn't really re- want to receive any of that. I had a little bit of a, a Jesus experience in my teenage years and uh, early 30s, but nothing really substantial. So um, it just kept going on. My husband said, no, not doing all that. I said, okay. And so um, I kind of hit and missed it for a little while, and, and um, I kind of stopped going to the bars, and um, I'd go a few days without drinking. But we were, we were pretty active in what we did, you know, and that was planning Monday I planned Friday before my, you know, on Monday kind of thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and so um, New Year's Eve, we went out five years ago, New Year's Eve, and um, did what we do, you know. And I everybody went back to our house to finish out the evening. And um, I, uh, I woke up um, January 1st, and um, I looked around my house, and everybody was kind of passed out, and people were here and there, and whatever and um i'd had to bring my grandkids somewhere so we could do what we what we did because we you know we were pretty good about 
protecting them from our lifestyle. So they didn't weren't exposed. No, we didn't really do that. I mean, we always kind of were pretty good about that. Um, well, we worked, and you know, I tell you, we were high, really high functioning alcoholics. We always took care of people. So what we do now is really what we did then. We just did it more for us than than, than God. You know, mm-hmm. um, we were always taking people in and helping people and doing a lot of things for people. But we just did it on our strength and not on God's strength. And so I woke up, I looked around. So that's it. I'm done. That was it. And and I went in my bedroom, and my husband was sleeping, and I said, I'm done. I have to be done. This has got to be it. And he rolled over. He looked at me. He said, okay, me too. Really? I said, what? <laughs> he said, okay, let's do it. That was it. It was just All right, was over. so you made a decision? It was over. And so what's your next step after you make the decision? We don't know. <laughs> we had gone to church a few times. We had started going to the gathering. We lived in Starks. We had started going to the gathering about like November. We had hit and missed a few times. My sister had gotten out of prison and... um she needed recovery <laughs> so you have so you know if, to jump in here so it sounds like your your family your extended family had some issues with substances did that was that passed along to y'all through your family yeah. like your parents yeah and, uh, well my mother struggled um on and off um most of her life um she did wind up um she was always followed god you know um but she did uh want to begin sober by the time i was about a teenager yeah um but she struggled you know um and there's other family members you know had a brother you know that passed away early in 1993 um not from drugs but just from lifestyle choices mm-hmm. um so yeah definitely you know that was just um now my husband no i mean he had he grew up in a very god-fearing home um, but he had other things happen. You know, it, 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 chemicals really isn't – sometimes even people struggle. You know, it's just a lot of the um, disconnect Yeah, no, for sure. Do, yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, I actually talk about that quite a bit. That's That, for me, is the great – to me, seems to be the great poverty is, like, it's poverty of love and connection mm-hmm. that, that we're – we were talking about that before right. we were recording that yeah. – there's this part of us that's that's uh, and honestly our devices don't help you know that disconnects us from each other and so we don't know how to be tender and how to be loving and Mm -hmm. how to just sit and be with people just as they are in their pain and all their their suffering so yeah i was just talking about this with my family the other day and it wasn't necessarily alcohol or drugs but there were violent tendencies Mm -hmm. with certain family members and you know that stuff gets put in you as a kid when you see that it becomes normal and then you grow up and then you end up doing those same Mm -hmm. exact things and you don't even want to you don't want to accept that that's what it is because you hated that right but then it is Mm -hmm. i mean you can lay it right on top of each other like negatives and go oh this is the exact same behavior it's just new participants right you know and and you go back two or three generations and you find out that that was what was going on Right there too. Those yeah. types of behaviors that they're just they're so insidious, like they destroy a whole bloodline. Those generational curses, yeah, for sure. Right. You know, and we we can break those, but it takes a lot of work and right. it takes a lot of faith and determination. And um, you know, my my mother struggled a lot with spontaneity. You know, just really kind of spontaneous. Um, behavior you know and um the chemicals were i don't know were the worst part of it but it was just uh that try and find yourself you know i think a lot of people in our family did that you know and i struggled with that just who are who am i what am i doing you know and so i would always kind of cling to 
um, I'm going to be a mom or I'm going to be a coach or I'm going to be this or an identity. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to find my identity somewhere, yeah. you know? And, um, so I, I, all I know is I was, you know, 44 years old and woke up and I still thought I was this, uh, neglected child and I'm 44. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, get over yourself already, <laughs> right. you know? No, I understand. I, I was do. just talking about that last night in class. I was like, you know, if you're like 30 or 40 and you're still going, but my mom, well, get over yourself. At some point you had to take charge of who what you're doing and find your identity you know and and know who you are in christ so um everybody wasn't real um happy about it at first the change that you know we we kind of started hitting the missing around november um and i said i wanted to go to the recovery uh group my sister really needed that i thought (laughs) and um we were fine you know and um no because huh? if you've met sean or april or roxy or any of the ones that i went through my discipleship with the real quickly i figured out oh wow okay i got something going on you know and um so in january when we we made that decision that morning um we just really kind of dived into church um we had we took a lot of classes and and um we we got real in into our recovery my husband um actually stopped working where he was and, and took a more of a kind of a seven to four kind of job so gotcha. we could study and, and and figure out what all this christian stuff was going to be sure you know i didn't have any idea he had some and sure because um, he had come out of a family that had he had some right. upbringing in that okay yeah, gotcha. but he had been out of it for about 20 years i guess yeah and um so we just we spent a, a good long time doing that being real active and and trying to um to learn our new walk yeah um and who we were and what we were doing so we moved off the river moved down here Bought a little trailer um, while we were trying to decide, you know, buy a house or what we were going to do. We knew we just knew we needed to change our people, places, and things, which is what sure. we all talk about, you know. And for us, we got real unpopular when we got sober. <laughs> well, so yeah, I meant, that thought popped in my head a few stanzas back. I wanted to ask you that, like, who did it affect the most immediately? Yeah, whenever you made this big it, change. Our, our, our children, I think, because um, we were those those parents that it was kind of okay to do things with us. Our kids are, were grown uh, at the time, but um, they were kind of like, "What are you doing?" You know, like we don't understand. But they also, you know, God delivered them really quickly too, and they all started kind of wanting to come to church with us and doing stuff with us like pretty quickly. And it was everybody was like, "Wow!" I said, "Well, we did everything else together. Why not this?" You know. Sure. And um, so they they all started kind of coming to church and kind of coming in and out. And they're all um, sober now and um, going to church. One of them's on a praise and worship team. Um, several of them are doing different areas of ministry with us. Um, and so we we just kind of moved away from every. We moved down here and where my husband's from, Sulphur, and um, kind of just let's start over. Yeah, you know? we had a great support system at our church. Um, great recovery program, um, and. We really enjoyed that for a, a good long time, um, and then we um, so we bought our trailer, and then we bought another little trailer in front of us to um, house our son and his his children. Okay, um, because he was getting sober and doing his thing and being a single dad and some things. So, and you're trying to cre- you're trying to spread the wing around. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, that's good though. Yeah. I mean, I, I have conversations like this with different folks, and I mean, I, I, everybody's of a different mind about it because there's that fence of. Um, that fine line between 
helping somebody recover and then enabling, right? Mm -hmm. And I think everybody who's ever been in that situation has danced with it. I mean, we've danced Mm -hmm. with it. And you you do. I mean, I know I remember going, oh, gosh, am I enabling or am I helping? Mm -hmm. Or am I? It's such murky territory. Right. And so, yeah, that's a big deal. I have always leaned on the side of trying to reach my wing around, Mm -hmm. you know, and not shut the door. Mm -hmm. Because I always had that fear, which I probably a lot of people do with children, especially that if I shut the door, then I'm sending them out into darkness, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no opportunity and no one's going to be able to love right. them like me. So there's, there again, you start to tiptoe into that territory where somebody mm-hmm. can go, well, you got to be careful because then you're enabling. Right. 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 You, did you ever go through thoughts like that? Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah? I mean, I was I'm a kind of an extremist. Most of everybody in our family is my boys are for sure and um so we don't do a little bit of anything you know right and, i understand that yeah <laughs> i tease my husband so that's why i married him last name bunch because there's a bunch of us and there's a lot there's a lot going on here that's good yeah. um but um so we're yeah we're kind of an extremist so you know i i do something i, I just dive all in you know and um so I'm at church, you know, and the kids are showing up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the best worship song. Hands in the air, ready, let's do it. Yeah, you, you were know? all and, in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and look at that one. If you need to pray, she's really good at this. You know, and my kids are like, oh, my God, Mom, stop, you know. And so I'm trying to decide, you know, how do I guide them this way now without enabling them and without – I want them to have their own walk because that yeah. was the first thing my husband's yeah, yeah. Um, struggle was, was, I, you know, his his mother is an amazing woman of God, and um, we're pretty sure she might have helped build Houston River Baptist Church. She's been there so long. And and so that was awesome. Wait, Judy Bunch. I know her. Yeah, I used to go there. Everybody knows Judy. Yeah, yeah, Judy. But that's your mom. That's my mother. That's your mother-in-law. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. And I actually, that's funny because I'm. Don't forget where you're at. Okay. I was telling my wife. I said, you know, I used to go to. She'd never heard the name Bunch, I think, before. And I said, yeah. I said, when I went to Houston River Baptist Church as a child, I said, there was a, a, a bunches of bunches yeah. out there. And I remember Judy, and mm-hmm. I didn't know if there was any connection, but that's, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, she was probably one of the, the few lights that I saw as I was going through my marriage with um, her son wow. before we followed Christ. You What's know? your husband's name? Marlon. Okay. And, and Darla Kay is his sister. Dar- oh my gosh! I know that. <laughs> I know Darla. I do. I remember that. That yeah. is so wild. What a small world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and so yeah, Judy was definitely you know had to love us through some, and, and Mr. Kyle, her husband, um, had to definitely love us through a few interesting moments before we found Jesus. You sure, know? sure. And uh, I, sometimes I tell you, I can only imagine what she thought first time she saw me. You know, and but she was always sweet and, and loving to us, and and didn't ever really make us feel bad you know which was awesome yeah and um so she's real real super excited for that now and his father got to see him serving god before he passed which was awesome yeah also and so yeah um i was trying to figure out how to do that with the kids and 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 not um but let them have their own walk you know and one of the things my mentor told me you know she said you gotta let them have their own walk they've got to have their own way of doing things and just being there to guide them you know and um out in the world i was pretty controlling and and pretty hardcore about things that i did in my family and that was another area of surrender i had to do Uh you know um and so when we started trying to help help him with he had his little trailer and we're trying to help with the kids and but him lean on God and not us and start making those decisions, you know, it was tough, Yeah, you know, for sure. And, um, so we did that for a couple of years. Um, we just served at church and, and, and 
about um i think it'd be three years ago about february or march we um started um filling a pool to go over to the biker church and Mm -hmm. i started going over there in the evenings when we didn't have something at church and and helping and and being around everybody and um i kind of come from a lot of that you know just being um not stable i guess you know okay. like moving around a lot and got home yeah and, like yeah. a wandering like not yeah i know what you mean I, yeah I've, as a child we moved a lot yeah. you know and so there wasn't a lot of stability um that way you know and um so i just kind of identify with a lot of the people that were that were coming around there you know yeah. and so um we, we felt like that's what we needed to do and and i had just partnered i had just started going and helping with um at sc3 which is paula taylor and sulfur christian community yeah. coalition okay and um they had just moved to their new building and we were over there and I, at the time i didn't have any residential i just kind of had some women that i was kind of hanging out with and helping during the week and she was like what are you doing with all these ladies i was like i don't know i just kind of take them with me everywhere i go because i'm trying to keep them sober until friday and get back to church yeah. <laughs> and um and so she will bring them here what are we gonna do i don't know so we started trying to figure out what we we're gonna do with them over there because her program is a lot of children at, at that time they had done a lot of children programs and stuff yeah. and so we went there with them and um we started trying to figure out what to do and hurricane harvey hit Mm. and we were a shelter for a little while at the community center and we did some food distribution and different things and um i had a young lady that um was in a sober house up in uh, monroe and she was politely asked to leave there (laughs) and so my husband and i took off to go get her and on the way back but my my son's trailer had just become available he had he had had a little um issue and he had moved back in with us so we were renting his trailer out and right before hurricane harvey hit the young lady we were renting it to and her family they decided to move so it became empty so we're we going to rent it what we're going to do with it you know we didn't know and um one of my ladies needed a place to stay she's up in monroe she got asked to leave the sober house and um i said well why don't we just bring her down here put her in there get her a roommate and you know do, mm-hmm. do it that way and so my husband's like okay you know, and so the hurt, we're in the middle of the hurricane doing all that stuff at the community center. And um, I was doing the intake for people that were coming through um, to help them figure, coming in from Texas and different things, trying to figure out what we're going to do with everybody that was evacuated and stuff. So I was doing that intake. And um, I got a phone call that um, somebody had heard what we were doing and she needed somewhere to stay. And it just, it really just kind of hit, hit me. I said, you know, people need places to stay, you know, and, um, we have somewhere for them to stay. So I went to my husband. I said, women's house? And he was like, what? Mm, that's said, where the spark starts, yeah, right? Yeah, he yeah. said, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. I just, I think we're supposed to do this. We have a place, you know. I mean, it's reasonable. You know, we, I think we can do this. And um, so he said, okay. And I had a few ladies and put them in there and tried to start figuring it out. Um, and, and God really just... Gave me guidelines and this little packet yeah. that I've showed you, and yeah. um, I've called a few people that I knew were doing that up in Monroe, and um, kind of ran some things by them, and they were like, "Yeah, that's pretty much all it is, man. Just put them in there and love them through it." I was like, "Okay," so it just kind of happened. It really, we didn't have this big plan or anything like that. Um, we just uh, knew that we had it and they needed it, and mm-hmm. we're going to do this. And um, now, mind you, we're still trying to figure us out because at this point, we're only about three years sober. Yeah, because you're saying this and, all started like five years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, this getting, so, wow, okay. Yeah, so it was 
it was everything has been pretty radical you know yeah and but uh, my husband's really awesome at saying yes you know um when he said yes that morning that was it for him he he doesn't question god you know and um there really wasn't any any time of him going like well what do we do because i think really the seeds that were in him all of those years that faith that he's had that he kind of put on the back burner it just reignited you know and that combined with my passion of just i like to get things done you know and his faith is it's a pretty good combination you know and um so he just believes you know and i just kind of barrel through and he kind of guides me here and there you know yeah <laughs> and but like i said the 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 foundation of what we had though um with our discipleship was what really made us you know um the strength that we have you know mm-hmm. because they were so um incredible to tell us get your eyes on god get them off of me you know i'm not your answer i'm not you know they always turned us back to scripture and our walk with christ and never let us think for a minute that they were doing anything for us you know or that or that we were doing anything if you're not doing this if you don't have god in the center of it and it was just it was just really critical for us you know and it was an amazing foundation well, sure. I mean, I can, you know, anybody who's who's had a hard life or who is stuck in, in any of these kinds of troubles, whatever they may be, after a, a while, that becomes sort of your identity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all of these things that are plugged into you, whether it might be overeating, it might be mm-hmm. compulsive shopping, it might be uh, just not being kind, it might mm-hmm. be just snapping at everyone with anger, or it could be drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. or whatever, but you, you do that for decades, and that becomes the whole identity. That's, That's just the shell, yeah, of the person. Mm-hmm. And when you bring it back to the center around the Creator, and you start to strip all those things away, mm-hmm. then that self starts to fall away. This right. this person, this thing that's in the mirror, isn't you no, at all. At all, and all that stuff starts to fall away, yeah. and then your whole identity then becomes more in alignment with your creator right exactly. i mean and, and then all of a sudden these new things start to blossom out yeah and then like what I, what it sounds like is then then you're able to serve like you said that earlier you saw the need and then you just mm-hmm. went to it and, when we yeah. did all these things out in the world that's kind of who we were mm-hmm. but you know when we flip that and use it for god you can't imagine how quick he can grow something when you get out of the way mm. you know and i tell people all the time i'm like i i take it very seriously that you know we're not even five years in yet and really five years in uh, i met god when i got sober you know so i th- this is all new to me mm. you know i mean i had some foundation as a child um for sure but i didn't listen to any of that and i didn't follow any of that i didn't raise my kids in it you know um and so this is all new mm. you know and i've had some amazing people that have come to help me understand this and let me grow up, you know, but ultimately I had to choose, you know, how am I going to do this and, and, and stay surrendered constantly because that's not who I was at all. Mm. You know, um, listening and being obedient. I don't even think I could spell those words, you know, it's just, that's yeah. just not who I was. And, um, so having people that would just really push you and, and show you and guide you and, and hold you accountable, you know, for sure. Um, and, and really, um, I mean, like the program that we went through, um, that's still freedom, um, freedom ministries, it, it, incredible because, you know, it's not just, Hey, how are you doing today? It's, Hey, how are you doing? And did you get this done? Did you read that? Did you study this? Or, you know, I gave you this, did you hint, you know? And, um, so 
that really kind of rolled over when we moved over to the biker church um we had taken a lot of classes and i um not just one thing worked like all of it worked so um i had put it all together in a binder our pastor uh, jay wanted the men to have something so i said yeah i can put something together for you he said no i want you to do something i'm like what am i going to do so I took out that binder that I had for all those classes that I had taken and I started sitting down and I wrote eight lessons based on all of those different classes that we had taken and um, to help teach the guys. And that's what all it was going to be was just kind of teaching the guys a little bit. And that has turned into um, Monday nights. Now we have uh, several different classes that meet. Uh, it's uh, We use that for the men and women of the program. Community people can come to it. Um, and we call it community recovery, mm. um, where it's not about chemicals. You know, it's it's a discipleship you know, where they learn to pray out loud, speak out their victories, how to study the Bible, how to um, really hold people accountable, hold yourself accountable, find a good sponsor and mentor, just mm. all, the, all the things that we learn. And then we also partner with all the different churches in town, and they go to Freedom Friday on Friday night. Sometimes they go up to De Quincey and see uh, Glenn up there in April, and uh, also Freedom Worship Center. They have different functions they do with it. So it's it's the whole community um that uh, we have a little church that meets in our community center that backs us with a pastor-led study on monday night so when they they've come through my class and then go to purpose driven life and then go on to the pastor-led study um and they have a little graduation and and uh it's it's the whole thing is really come together you know um but getting back to when the the houses started we did about the first year and a half was just all the women that I had been kind of working with um, over that time, and they all needed places to stay. It was kind of a nightmare, honestly. Yeah, I <laughs> it mean, was crazy. You're, and it's a beginning stage. <laughs> yeah, right? and mean, we're trying to... to figure out what we're doing, and and <laughs> people were calling like your girls up here, come get her kind of stuff, you know. So you're not only just providing a place for them to stay; you're having to do some some management. Oh, right? absolutely, I mean, like, their very lives, hands right? on. Okay, very hands on. And um, so we did that for a while. and uh, But, you know, that first year and a half was a little bit rocky um, and getting my balance together of, of who I was going to be in leadership and trying to grow myself and make sure that I didn't stop being teachable, um, which was hard. You know, um, I just felt kept feeling propelled to do more things, but then being constantly reminded I need to step back to. And sometimes I listened, sometimes I didn't. But, <laughs> um, you know, um a lot of people are patient with me and thankfully God's grace, you know, um, just helping me. I look back at it now and I tell my girls that were with me back then, I said, y'all are really my guinea pigs, man. Like, sure. come on. It was something else. But um, some amazing things come out of that. We've got, I was just doing the math the other day on some of the ladies uh, and men that have come through over the last uh, two and a half, three years. And there's probably about a dozen or more people that have come through this program, not just our residential, but the church, um, freedom in a lot of different places that are either in ministry um they're actively serving in their church a lot of them are actively serving in recovery running Mm -hmm. um helping run sober houses and i have one young lady that's uh came from here and from sulfur and um she is uh up there working at the rehab where she started at oh wow you know um just I mean, there's numerous of them. I was, I was, I was telling someone about it, and I was like, gosh, there's probably like 10 or 12 people. And that's pretty incredible when yeah, you think no, about that. Life-changing. Yeah. I mean, completely changed lives. And so that's sure. the whole discipleship is just everybody coming together to do that. Um, all the different pastors and leaders of the area and, and community uh, business people, you know, that have come together to 
to put their hands on these people and really be the hands and feet and walk it out with them. Yeah. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm helpless. To Sorry for interrupting the conversation, but I have something I need to tell you about. You may or may not know this, but this podcast is produced in the city of Sulphur, Louisiana, one of the sister cities that make up Southwest Louisiana. All of my childhood memories are wrapped up in the city of Sulphur. It's my home, and it's been a good home for most of my life. There is a growing diversity of unique businesses, services, and events in Sulphur, each with a rich and colorful story to tell about their particular place in this little jewel on the west side of the Calcasieu River. My mission is to promote good news, to put a positive signal out in the world. That's why my team at Parker Brand Creative Services has created the new brand, Sulphur Today. Here's how it works. Post your Sulphur event, service, photos, videos, or information using the hashtag Sulphur Today. That's it. My team and I will scan and curate those posts through the social media platforms we've put in place. Before you make your post, just type hashtag, that's a pound sign for the folks that don't know what a hashtag is, and the words sulfur today with no space. My team at Parker Brand is monitoring this tag right now, and they're ready to create positive digital curb appeal for our city by sharing all the very best sulfur has to offer through the Sulfur Today social media pages. As the Sulfur Today project grows, we will be scheduling interviews and video sessions with businesses, events, and services so they can tell their story of Sulfur Today in a series of ongoing micro-documentaries. Look for the eye-catching Sulfur Today sign when you're out and about. And be ready, we may be stopping by to visit you for a photo op. And don't forget to stop by the Parker Brand Creative Services Studio in Sulphur to grab a Sulphur Today decal for your vehicle or business. We want people visiting our area to know that they can find all the wonderful things we have to offer with ease and be a part of our history by utilizing the Sulphur Today pages or by searching the Sulphur Today hashtag. Do you want to help us tell the story of Sulphur Today? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash sulfur today. And be sure to share positive sulfur information and post often using the hashtag sulfur today. Now, back to find the good news. And that's what the community center does a lot. They, they have a real holistic approach of the whole thing. Like they can go up there. And so we first started, it was a lot of the ladies just being up there doing Bible study and stuff during the day, trying to figure out what we're going to do. And through that, social services um, has been developed. The, the 10 years Paula had spent building all these foundations just grew into um, with social services. There's a t-shirt shop. There's a food truck. Fix and have a cafe. And all of these places we have a learning center all these um places work with the people in the program and then the community the parents of these children that she's been working with for years seeing what's available to them now job track uh system um you know goodwill's involved i mean just countless things that um god just started creating when everybody just came into unity you know and all like i said all the foundation that had been laid for years though um, and it's just coming together, and it's it's incredible to watch. Um, you go to the Grove on um, Thursday night and, and once a month, and you'll see five or six churches being yeah. represented. You know, yeah, I've seen that. I've um, been to that. Yeah, and the well, they just did the Christmas under the oaks or whatever. Um, all the different churches oh, yeah. represented for the sulfur community, right? Christmas, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah so it yeah it's really it's it's incredible to yeah, watch it sounds it, incredible yeah. i mean it's a bit and, and honestly so the I guess that's, I have a lot of questions <laughs> about the program, but I mean, also about the need. So sulfur is interesting. Mm-hmm. And so why is, and, I, and I've talked to a lot of different people, and it seems like there seems to be a very extraneous need in sulfur for these types of programs. Why, why do you think that is? Well, um, I think some of it comes from maybe the stigma that some of the people that I've come through, you know, of course, everybody lovingly calls it poche, you know. Oh, town, okay, you know? okay, right. Yeah, I know that. I know <laughs> you get that about. stigma or so whatever. So for people, some but, people listening to the mm-hmm. show may not even be from here, so okay. let's talk about that because poche. I grew up in Sulphur, and yeah. I mean, poche town was something that was said a lot. In mm-hmm. fact, I have an example of maybe for listeners so they understand, like, the stigma. Mm-hmm of what that means and i mean right. I, I, maybe that's not a fair thing to say but i feel like there is a well, stigma it is and, it, and that's just basically our what it used to call people used to call the other side of the tracks the other side of the tracks you know and it literally right. is the other side of the tracks it is big, yeah. big track runs through sulfur and um so we're the other side of the tracks and that's where our church is located yeah. in our community center and in that area um there's a lot of single parent there's a lot of um homelessness there's a there's a huge homeless population here in our area that people don't even realize um and they're not just uh, right here in Poche. They're all over. Right. There's little pods all over here. Um, the transportation is a real issue. Um, get good, you know, good jobs. We don't have a transportation system. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of hindering, hindrance, you know, and like you were talking about earlier, the generational curses, you know, where you've got these um, guys and women, you know, whatever, that um, their mom did it, so they did it, yeah. you know, and it just keeps trickling down. Next thing you know, you're 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 locked into it. Well, it's interesting. And the other morning, I was uh, there's a, a young man who I'd seen walk in front of our office here uh, a couple of times, and and I noticed he was carrying like a big, mm-hmm. almost like a comforter. And the other morning, you know, I I went. I saw him and I pulled in and then I, he walked by and I was like, no, that was just all my heart. You know, he, he just was in my heart. That's how it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I went and drove and kind of caught up with him and I said, hey, what, what, what do you need? What kind of help? And he was just like, Man, I'm just living in the woods, you know, and he started telling me his story. And uh, I said, well, look, you know, I, I'm, I handed him some money and it was like $52 that I had in my wallet. Well, he didn't look at it. He just took it and he put it in his pocket. And uh, I said, well, what, 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 what do you need? He said, well, you know, man, he said, I mean, I need an ID. First of all, I can't mm-hmm. get a job. I can't do this with anything. Everything's blocked up until I get an ID. And so I said, well, let's go to the DMV. You know, that's I said, you got cool. you got money in your pocket now. You can get your ID. I said, you know, and what's next? You know, and he said, man. And when he realized he could get his ID, he started crying. Mm-hmm. And he cried and he cried and he was like, this changes everything just yep. having an id just just this and you know i came back here after we visited and i gave him some supplies on my truck and i told i told them on my team i said you know we got to i got to hear his story and you get to hear about some of the abuse he went through and mm-hmm. then this it went all the way back mm-hmm. to his father being in vietnam and then getting exposed to agent orange and then mm-hmm. having mental issues after that and then it goes back to his grandfather and i got to hear all of that mm-hmm. It's exactly what you're talking about. And I said, how many? And this is just one human being right. in this town. 
who's had a, a thread of tragedy yeah. and suffering that's just run right up into their life. And look, and now he's sitting here suffering himself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how do you get out of that? Right. Well, the beginning of that is exactly what you're talking about. Find what is the need. So, okay, I can give you a food box once a month, but why am I giving you a food box right. once a exactly month? Right. What yeah. can we do to stop, stop that? Stop that, yeah. You know, and, and that's what I think um, Poche right now is in, in is is incredible at i mean because that's what we do at sc3 is you can come in there and you can um you get into an empowerment system it's all about empowerment over there and so we're going to help you but we're going to make sure you're helping yourself yeah. you know are we really giving you that hand up you know are, and are we are we meeting the need and then following through the follow-through is incredible yeah. with these with these ministries around here um it's not just hey we'll come here and we're gonna pray for you and, and good luck with that you know yeah. it's well who are you where are you at what are you doing what got you here yeah you know and try and see what can we do to break that well even when i was a kid you know i mean we lived out on houston river road so i I went to leblanc middle school and i remember hearing the word poche town and people would say oh you go to school in poche town i didn't know what it meant right but after years of hearing that, you start to you start to make these unsaid assumptions that mm-hmm. it's oh it's a troubled area or mm-hmm. it's poverty mm-hmm. or people are up to no good. That was right. just the impression. I mean, I'm being honest. That yeah. was what it was like. Yeah. And so when I got to high school, uh, I remember this very well. I'll never forget it. I was in my English class and it was the first day of school, and the teacher asked us all something, and nobody had the answer. And she said, well, I can see we're all from Poche Town in Mm. here. And my buddy and I were the only two kids who had went to that junior high. And we both looked at each other like, wow, like Mm -hmm. that's a horrible thing for a teacher to say. But this is a sulfur. This was a salt. And again, I'm not trying to throw her under the bus, but this was just what happened. And it stuck that there Mm -hmm. is a stigma about that part of our town but guess what though what they do is they wear it on the outside and people over there and and we'll just say maplewood for example yeah right they, right. they wear it on the inside right okay so right. it's happening there that's too, right exactly okay? yes and it's happening on country club and it's happening all over everywhere right. okay we can they, put a coat of paint on it yeah they just but, wear it on the outside right so the man that i work with that has tattoos on his face Okay, he's going to be looked at and go, oh, my goodness, you've been in jail. Well, so has your neighbor over here. Right. I promise you. Right. Or so has this one gone through something. They wear it on the outside. And, and they're right. actually, most of the time, more willing to start trying to be teachable and humble and learn. Sure. Um, we, we get men and women that are the... Um, what we would call just the hardcore addicts. I'm talking 20 and 30 years of addiction. Okay. These guys have been using, I'm, I had a, a, a couple of sisters last um, New Year's Eve. We're all talking about what we're going to do for New Year's Eve this year. Yeah. And people ask me all the time, taking some time off for the holidays. I'm like, man, our ministries turn up a notch in the holidays. Right. There's not time off in the holidays. Right. This is when we, we really got to get it, you know, keep them busy, keep them active. Um, and show some of them have seen their first sober New Year's ever. Yeah, and, well, it's uh, incredible. Right. And so last year we had a, 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 a set of sisters that saw their first New Year's Eve together uh, sober since they were like eight. Were they in your home, in the program? Yeah. Oh, wow. Since they were like eight. Their sisters were one of my – their sisters – their other sisters were one of my best friends, and their other sister is the one I opened our houses for. So it's a family that we've been working with for a long time, an incredible family. And um, they, they saw their first sober New Year's together since they were like children. You know, um, that's we get to be on the front lines watching that stuff. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, 
But you look at those people and say, okay, well, they did it because they, they didn't get high or they weren't didn't get drunk on New Year's Eve. Well, they also, there's there's families that they haven't had a happy New Year's. It ain't gonna do, nothing to do with chemicals right. in, in a long, long time. Right. So, you know, what happens over there, especially at our church, um, and in all the other Come As You Are churches around here, Freedom Worship Center and The Rock and all the other, you know, wonderful places that we get to uh, bring our people to, is that, you know, we see their outside and sometimes it's interesting, you know, but we want to go and want to see what's in there right. because they've got gifts and they've got talents and they've got amazing things that are being overlooked. Right. And those simple little things like we were talking about, the, getting the ID and uh, maybe just giving them a ride, you know, um, somewhere. Yeah, or, some people can't. They need to get to Lake Charles. They can't get over the bridge. They can't even get over there. Right, right. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things coming to Sulphur now. Um, they, they have discovered that we do have a bridge that goes both ways. <laughs> right. So we're getting a lot of really cool stuff over here now. Um, um, but, um, you know, sometimes just breaking down that barrier, what they get in that cycle, and everybody knows about it. You can't get an ID because you don't have a job. You can't right. get a job because you don't have an ID. You can't get a car, you know, just, but those, 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 those things that hold them back. And some of them are because of their choices. And we have to remember sure. that, sure. you know, and when we start getting our, um, our veteran Christians coming in that don't have a, a addiction background, sometimes they don't, people think they don't understand. They don't, they don't get why, um, why are you homeless? What's going on? Well, because you did this, this, and this. Well, we try and break that down too. And I tell that's the first thing we tell people in our program. You're judging them like they're judging you. They do get you. And and I tell them you don't need to understand their addiction. We understand their addiction. They need your Jesus, you know. And you're going to come in here with your veteran, you know, long-standing faith that you've stood on through all right. your trials. Right. Um, and we have a. a several families right now that we're working with and they don't have addiction background but they're some of the best ones to work with with our program because we need your jesus we need that those people that have stood in those trials for years and 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 they've had trials but they've stood on their faith to teach these people and and they love listening to that you know that's what's that's what's hard sometimes i think is because we can anybody can come in really too hot on somebody Mm -hmm. and yeah it's for me, even like I, I talk, have really great conversations with my son, but I realize he's he's still coming to realizations and revelations mm-hmm. and, and learning things. If I come in hot as a forty-five-year-old man in the walk that I've walked and what I've learned and mm-hmm. what I know, and every single time he has a question, I come in with. Mm-hmm you know just a landslide of information that's too much yeah it's daunting it's fearful and he right. needs to grow just you said that earlier you know mm-hmm. and have his walk right and grow the way he's going to grow that that's a, the tender touch that sometimes mm-hmm. we forget to have because we're like oh you, you see someone and you see sort of like that little crack or that fissure and you're like oh this is an opportunity mm-hmm. and you want to flood all that in mm-hmm. there and it's just not the right it, it, we, we found a lot of um, of people that once we explain that to them and we tell because they think they need to understand like I've all had, this yeah and I've had so many I have so many beautiful women in my life now that are um, I just call they're my, I call them my little churchy friends because they've just been in church forever and they don't they've never been on that side of the tracks sure okay? sure not because they don't want to or they don't care it's just that's not where they grew up whatever right, right, it's okay right. I don't say this I don't know I don't understand them that's okay I don't need you to I got that. I said, but guess what? I don't understand. How did you survive 40 years without drinking? (laughs) I don't grasp that sometimes. And so, I mean, I have so many of those beautiful women like that in my life now. And I tell the ladies, I said, 
you know, have your season of recovery. Absolutely have your recovery, friends. You need them for sure to understand you. I said, but you need to, you know, get out there and see this other side too. Um, that's one of the best things one of my mentors ever did for me. Um, I was at Freedom one night in the fellowship hall. I was at the gathering um, still at that time. And um, Friday night was kind of, it was just us on the other side, you know. And so I got real locked into my recovery. And that's what I wanted to be. I want to be around them. I, I was one of those that you don't get me. You don't understand my son's addiction. You don't understand my sister's in prison, whatever. And I really didn't want nothing to do with those other ladies, those ones that bake cookies and do all that stuff, the women's ministry. I didn't understand them. And so my, my mentor came. She said, come see. I said, where are we going? She brought me to the edge of the fellowship hall. And she said, look over there. I said, ain't nobody there. It's Friday night. They don't come here on Friday night. She said, there's a whole church over there, and you need to know who they are. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> they don't understand <laughs> me. She said, until you do, we're, you're doing that. Go. Go to hmm. someone. I was like, oh, wow. And so I went to my first couple of women's ministry things, and I was – and I don't – scare very easily but i was so nervous and they were so wonderful and they were so sweet and they 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 thought i was cool and i thought they were cool and i was just like wow you know no they don't understand my son's addiction but guess what they they do understand a lot of other things you know that are their trials that Mm -hmm. i don't understand you know their son didn't get into the college they hoped they would their whole life you know that's a thing real thing mm. you know for my world that's wasn't but for them it, it really is you know and that's just as important you know and i didn't see it that way and so it really opened my eyes to that and a lot of them really reached out to me and they asked me to speak at one of their um events as a women's event and i was like wait what you know, I said, I teach, you know, addiction. <laughs> and no, you, you, you have this other gift. And then you know, and my friend started telling me these things that I could do. And I was like, yeah, I guess I do do that, do I? And she said, yeah. I was like, okay. And so that's one of the things we try and teach our our people on our program is you have all these gifts. You know, you, you turn that, that uh, aggressive behavior into boldness Mm. you know you change that that hot temper you got into really make helping someone you can get through to that really tough guy that maybe Ah, i can't yeah right right exactly um and then you got the person that's the isolator you know and all they do is isolate well once you can show them that you know you can teach somebody maybe a little bit quicker how to be more peaceful and quiet than i can you know and take that that and you flip that you flip that isolation. You flip that anger. You flip whatever it is that the enemy said you are. But that's not who you are. God says who you are. Yeah. And you flip that. He doesn't make that. Yeah. He doesn't make all those Transmutation. things. Transmutation. I mean, I talk right. about this a lot. Actually, that you're using a phrase. I, I tend to say judo flip, but it's like, you know, use the momentum mm-hmm. of the thing that is negative, right. but turn it around right. and, and you're utilize it. Yeah, right. It's, it's Aikido, you know I mean? And that's... I know that's a martial art, but the philosophy <laughs> of Aikido is to is the redirection of, of absolutely energy and momentum, and I, I do believe that. As it, I'm, it's taken me forty plus years to finally embrace that mm-hmm. but say okay this thing is coming in and it's coming in bad it's coming in hard right. but how can i take that, that, that. that momentum and make it good and that's a choice yeah that's right and you have to be conscious of that that takes practice right. i mean it's it absolutely like does. a discipline almost. it absolutely to, does and but when you find what that is and then you start growing that in in someone and through through christ they're unstoppable they, 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 you know, I got to tell people all the time, and I'm not bragging on, on me and my family by no means, because I know exactly where we were at five years ago. I know exactly who we were. And to have that much of a transformation, not just me, my husband, my son, my daughter-in-laws, are all. I mean, that's not humanly possible. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, only God but God, you know, because 
we, we, I take that seriously, you know, and it needs to be because we see, we, we have so many stories, I mean, of people that you, you just can't even grasp. You could go, some of the people come through our program, you could say their name over there in Poche, and they'd be like, what? I said, no, yes, him, yes, her, because you don't get to tell me who they are. You don't get to do that anymore because we know who they are. They are who God says they are, yeah. and you don't get to do that. I have right now in my in one of my homes, she doesn't listen to podcasts, so I can say it. I'm not going to say her name, but she would kill me. <laughs> She's like, don't tell my stuff. But, um, you know, she was homeless for a very, very long time. I've been trying to get her for a couple of years now. No addiction issues. Um, I don't know this never, but since, I mean, I, that's not her thing. And um, very much an isolator very cantankerous at times um people around town know her you know um it it's a it's kind of a thing you know yeah and um she's in the house now and i I finally talked to her and i I had a private room and i said will you please come into the house and she's older you know um she's had surgery coming up and things i said please come in and rest you know and and she's i ain't going to the house i I said please and she's like okay so she comes in and she's been there about two months now and the ladies are falling in love with her hmm. and she's falling in love with them and she's spending time with them she gets up and does devotions with them in the morning um and you know she can still be cantankerous at times but um she's she's finding a whole new way by herself like she'll call me and she'll say um i don't want to you know tattletale anybody but this is happening and you know do you want to handle it? do you want me to handle it and i was like i want you to handle it and i said you got this man i said come on you've got the most leadership skills of anybody i've ever seen if you just start using them Come on. Yeah. And so she's finding at her age a whole new way of doing things and it's working. Um, and some of the and she she recently gave up her her bedroom for a young lady to get her daughter back. So I had to give we had two houses when we first when we we first started with the house that we got in our son and then we bought our house. We the other trailer was right behind it. So we decided to turn it into the lady's house also. So we had two. So we had 12 beds at that time. And um, I'd put her in there privately, but then I had a young lady trying to get her daughter back. So I had to go to my friend and I said, hey, I kind of need to move to the other house with all the other girls because I need this for the woman and her daughter. She didn't even blink. Okay. I said, you sure? Yep. Wow. I was like, wow. You know, and um, that's just confirmation, you know, and I just couldn't believe that she was willing to do that so she said hey whatever she needs to get that little girl back is what we're going to do and um and there's just story after story after story like that of people coming out of what people have as a stigma over here yeah um and and not just over here in poche i mean people are coming in from the community sure um also and saying you know i really don't want people to know i have this going on um but I do, or my right. son does, or right. my niece does, and I don't want people to know that because I have been in my church for a long time. I don't really want everybody to know that. And I said, well, guess what? Get over yourself, because maybe you're that person that could go back over there to that those people that don't understand and say, you know, I ha- we have something going on too. Yeah, well, there you go. There you know? again is that that redirection of energy. You, your pain and sorrow, suffering, trials, tribulations, become the very thing. Mm-hmm that makes you the gift to right. the next person. I mean, that's that's the beauty of that. Absolutely. And granted, you don't want anybody to have to go through those mm-hmm. those types of things and, and carry those crosses, so mm-hmm. to speak. But I mean, at the same time, that's, that's changing them. Right. If In a program like what you're describing and like your program, you're creating that opportunity for them to find their treasures and find their gifts. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. Yeah. You know, that... 
we have a, a young lady right now at the community center that's helping run the social service department. A couple of them um, helping run the social services department, and because they know that stuff, and they know that person that if they could just get on their food stamps or they can just get their Medicaid straight or whatever, you know, and they because they've done all that. Mm. So who's the who's who's better to learn that position? You know what I mean? And so they come in just kind of helping, and now they're basically running the show over there, yeah. you know? And, and that's really cool to watch because they, when that person comes in and they're just so distraught and frustrated, they're going to have that grace, and they're yeah. going to have that understanding. Um, and the, the ladies, the two ladies over there that are running that um, are, are just um, – when people come in there, they feel comfortable with them immediately. Yeah. And so those are the gifts that they already had, you know, that they, they're able, in, in, being in positions like that, um, to be able to start using them. And, yeah. and the, the quicker you start giving back, the quicker you start growing. Mm, you know? Yeah, well, I love that. Because if, you, if you're just holding in everything you have, that's just not what he's got. You start giving back. That's one of the biggest things in any of these programs you go through. Give back. Start serving. Um and you know that's what you know what i was taught you know if you're having a bad day go serve somewhere Mm. go do something for someone you're not going to be able to focus on your problem very long if you're serving someone else you know because you're you're going to feel that that warmth that he wants you to feel and and that's what the ultimate high is really you're right i I, you're you're, I, i get that that's i've had a similar thought when i do any kind of service act that th- those are the keys to get it because like, I always imagine my heart is like this multi-layered chamber with all these little doors, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the closer I can get to the center of it mm-hmm. is where I'm going to find what you just described—that yeah. that ultimate high, that yeah. elation. But to get there, it is service. It's yeah. and that's what unlocks it, or being with people when they're in pain or in need. Mm-hmm another door unlocks and then yeah. another door unlocks and the closer you get the warmer it gets and mm-hmm. the more it glows yeah i get that and you're right and i wonder i've heard a lot of guests on this show say that same thing you know that it's uh through service that they they have overcome their loneliness mm-hmm. they've overcome their addictions they're, mm-hmm. they've overcome bad habits i mean mm-hmm. they're drawn to other it's in serving other people yeah and and learning the tools to do that the right way mm. so you are staying humble to what you're doing and you're not getting full of your to think I'm doing anything right right Um, and and that's one of the the best things that I think I learned through the discipleship program that I took and and we try and teach now is um, there's right ways and wrong ways you know and I I joke about my one of my mentors you know she used to really put me in check you know and and when I when I was given her I thought she can't handle me there's I was I was a little bit of a mess you know yeah and uh, she can't handle me and boy could she handle me she still can't handle me you know and she'll tell me real quick you know you need to be quiet you need to slow down you need to um you know stop talking so much or whatever you know what I mean and um so that's one of the things we teach them is you know take that passion and use it but you know like you were saying earlier just running full speed at somebody sometimes doesn't work right. so just because you have something to say doesn't mean that you need to be the one saying it. that's right you know? exactly right man you're right if you're that person back (laughs) that says every time and i was i was her so i know that i got told to be quiet a lot (laughs) and she pinched me but we'll get into that later (laughs) but she knows she did but um we 
you know, I had an answer for a lot of things. Got a lot of stuff to say. I like to talk. You know, I like to. I have a passion. I like to share a lot, especially now because I'm like, oh, but you know, God did all these, and so I don't. I don't need to answer every question. And as soon as you do that, you're not being teachable, and you're and you are thinking that you know you know more. And yeah. if you're quiet for just, she say, nope, a little, wait a little bit longer, wait a little bit longer. And I'm like, but I go, Ugh. Yeah. She said, nope, wait. And sure enough, somebody would have something that they they they. You may have just stopped that person that finally was ready to talk because you think you got so much to say. Yeah. You know. It's true. And so we teach them that. We teach them how to share appropriately and how to. Um, to, to make sure they're glorifying God and not their past. Mm. Um, that's really important. Mm. All those war stories, you know, that's just not where it's at. And we yeah. teach them to hold each other accountable to that. Um, to say, if you're hearing your buddy constantly glorifying himself, go say, hey, what, what, where was God in that? Where, you know, what scripture are you using to back that up? Yeah. Um, and all those Well, kind of the things. ego is insidious. I mean, it'll yeah. sneak in you get, and it gets you a little bit of that, get a little bit of that, that good mm-hmm. old fashioned pride. I mean, yeah. we want to feel good, right? right? I mean, and so, so that's and it's not I don't think it's a bad thing to feel good Mm-mm. but the ego will use that mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm I don't know I'm kind of demonizing the ego but right. I mean just for the sake of the conversation I've seen that happen in myself mm-hmm. and other people where the ego comes in and takes that little bit of good that you're feeling mm-hmm. about what you did and then all of a sudden it's like patting you on the back and then before mm-hmm. long you, just what you said you're in a, a, gil, a gilded cage of your mm-hmm. own making where you're like oh I'm I'm doing this. You're, you're not it really maybe you're not like that. sitting there having that thought maybe like clearly like I am doing this very clearly right. but the ego's still stroking you. Yeah, and especially you when know? God starts to exalt you and and put you into positions, it can be real if you don't have good accountability in place, it can be real easy to go, huh, yeah. I'm, yeah, being out got, front, you're yeah. there's the, when you're out when and I'm using the word you. Right. When your identity is out front, your name, your face, mm-hmm. your person, and then someone's life is changing, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. and love fills the air, and you feel that love, that's good. Mm-hmm. But the ego can take that right. and just go, oh, I, me, yeah, you, mm-hmm. Oren, you mm-hmm. know, and then, oh, man, it just starts looking at itself, for you sure. know, and then before long. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the, you know, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, thank you for that. Uh, Pastor Larry LaFleur is one of uh, my spiritual mentors and incredible man of God. And um, when I first started getting to know him, people would say, oh, good job, whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, but God, but God. And he said, well, you knock that off. I'm like, what? I'm supposed to be giving God glory. He said, yes, absolutely. But, you know, come on, you're doing some good stuff. You know, and I'm like, but you don't understand. I struggled with pride so much and ego so much when I was out in the world. I don't ever want any anyone to think, especially my, my Savior, that I think I'm doing anything. You know, he said, yeah, but you, you have worked hard and you have done these things. And so balance that and understand that and, and then teach that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So we try and, you know, so we I'm trying to do that, you know, and let them know. But I tell myself, you know, you might see my face you might hear my voice i might be the one invited to the podcast or whatever but you know there's i have a huge team behind me right. of people uh, that i can't do this without my husband my daughter-in-laws my my sons you know the ladies at sc3 all these pastors and leaders and you know that you know when you see those people out front doing the, the pastors or whoever you know all these people that are coming alongside they don't they don't necessarily want to do to do this you know right. but um you know they help us stay accountable, you know, but then you have to listen. Like you were talking about earlier, that's a choice. You have to yeah. listen. You know, if you say, hey, hold me accountable to this, and then they do say, don't, don't, don't tell me that. 
Well, you know, you know, when you think about like an old passenger train, like the old, you know, from a long time ago, the old steam driven or coal driven trains, you know, you had that engine up front. But when you think of the train, mm-hmm. the train is all those cars. I right. mean, you can say, oh, a train and you think of just the engine, but it's not. I mean, you yeah, got the good. food car and the luxury mm-hmm. car, the, somebody's washing the clothes, somebody's mm-hmm. shoveling the coal. There's all these cars and when you say train, it's one entity, mm-hmm. but it's made up of all these That's parts, good. you know. Yeah. And I like that. So often, all we're interested in is the engine, the engine. right? It's the yeah. thing that's making the got the horn and the smoke, and it's yeah. you know, it's yeah. going down the track. But yeah, that engine's kind of tired sometimes, though. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> but it's it's the one out front, that's you know. Right. And yeah. that's that's the that's the thing that we all see first. It's got the big light on the front, you know, and right. It's it's where the most pizzazz is, but for all those passengers that have to ride that train, they need every every one of those every cars. Of it. And so right. yeah, it, it 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 is easy though to fall into that. I can see that for sure. I mean, even like doing a show like this, mm-hmm. I mean, there's that danger of. It's funny because when I started the show, I didn't want to be out front. I was like, well, I'll do a show, but I won't. I won't be out front, you know, I'll just have the conversation. And the more I meditate, I was, this is not possible. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not possible to have a show that you're in week after week and you not be out front because I don't like being out front. Mm-hmm. So it's like a necessary evil. And I'm sure you experience mm-hmm. the same yeah, thing where you go, sure. well, I have to be out front. I have to I have to be a voice. I have to do these things because mm-hmm. somebody's got to be that right. engine in the front. Right. But I do yeah. need to remember to. Right. Well, and I tell people, you know, God left me in the world for a long time for a big reason, and I know mm, that. Yeah. You know, and I take that seriously. Um, and it it's my choice to say, you know, I, I've always been that outspoken person, and I've always had a lot of opinion, you know. Um, how am I going to use that now? Yeah. You know, and use that effectively, you know, and, and, and then teach others how to how to give that back. The, the, the Really, the... the the best thing I like to do is be able to step back and watch someone else come forward and, and what they've learned and what they've done. And it's like, wow, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's a, when you see somebody move ahead of where you're at, that's the goal, man, yeah. you know, um, is, is watching them be able to, um, feel a confidence that the first time they've prayed with someone the first time they've led that group or, um, whatever, it, it's, it's really a neat thing to watch. Um, when they they realize that light goes on, yeah, you know, and they go, oh wow, I, it's a, you've had it in you this whole time, yeah, you know, and we just all we did was to help develop it, you know, and um, so uh, one of the things we really want people to understand about this program is, um, and I told them I'm gonna make T-shirts and it's gonna fund the whole ministry that says, you know, we are not um, a shelter or a sober living house, we're a discipleship program, yeah, because that is the biggest. Um, uh, thing we want people to understand is that when you come into this, whether it's into our residential program or at the church or even at Freedom or wherever, is that we're a discipleship program. And so our, our first um, we're going to we, hopefully if we need to we'll house you if we need to we'll feed you we'll clothe you we'll do the things that you know we've been blessed to be able to do but the biggest thing is making sure you're getting discipled and making sure that you're growing in your walk with Christ um, that is a requirement so I mean, you're not just going to come here and eat and sleep and shower it's just not going to happen you're going yeah, to that's not the program you get me, that's you not get, that program right you get me you get him and I'm happy I know it I'm helpless I hate to pause the program but I want to ask you something Did you know that you can help me and my team at Parker Brand Creative Services grow the Find the Good News signal? 
For less than a fancy cup of coffee, you can become an Early Risers Club patron on our Patreon page. What's Patreon? Well, it's a way for creators to fund their projects by pooling support from those really passionate people that believe in what they're doing. Do you believe in what we're doing with Find the Good News? I hope you do. We believe that there's already enough negative news in the world, even right here at home, and that good people doing good works deserve a platform to speak from too. That's why we created Find the Good News, and we believe in that simple mission. Maybe you believe in it too. If you do believe in finding and sharing good news, then head over to our Patreon page right now or check out the link in the show description. For a commitment of $3.33 a month, you can join the Early Risers Club of Find the Good News Patreon supporters and get access to the B-Sides, a patrons-only podcast with the crew behind Find the Good News, Parker Brand Creative Services. Each time we level up, the Patreon rewards will get bigger. If you're tired of old news, bad news, and fake news, help support Find the Good News at patreon.com slash find the good news. That's patreon.com slash find the good news. Now, back to the episode. That's real important. People understand that. Um, and we do, it's not all, people don't all just come in with addiction, you know, and, and even whether it's residential or not, it's not just addiction. Uh, there's a lot of other areas that, you know, that we work with them on. And, uh, but understanding that that is very important to everyone that's involved in this, in this ministry, uh, in these churches, in the community here in Sulphur, um, even our, our mayor, our, our police department, I mean, the city officials, they're all so supportive. I mean, they're just about every meeting we're at, you can look around and see a city official. Um, it is incredible to watch what Sulphur is capable of doing. Um, and I've, I've just been doing it for a few years with them, and I know it's been going on for a long time, but um, they, they're so supportive of everything we do, and they're right there back in everything that we do. And um, and you are saying earlier, you know, how, you know, how, why are we getting that stigma? Um, I think that really there's a lot of people that don't think that about, though the poche town you know mm-hmm. they just don't know different mm-hmm. um but once they see it they're you know they stop by the church all the time and they're just like you know y'all are doing such great work you know and people really do love what's going on they just don't know how to get involved and what to do as for the first sure. questions we're always asked how can i help you i said well then you know, we have a whole little thing that we go through with them you know there's all kind of areas to help prayer being the biggest one but um if you not be the one that wants to lead the class drop off some toilet paper or you know or get the news out there get us in front of people for us to talk to them just sure. like what we're doing now yeah i don't say if you don't know what to do get me in front of somebody i promise you I, we got plenty to say yeah you know get me or sean or jay or clay or any of them paul or anybody in front of somebody we got stuff to say yeah well the need you know? is manifold i mean it's everywhere right. and in every kind of capacity yeah yeah and the churches are, are, are just incredible and even extending out into lake trawls we have quite a few churches that are really deeply partnered with us that help us do things and get the word out and, and we try and get them around to all the different places so while they're in this program so they know because we know they're going to leave us eventually they're going to they're going to go back to something you know and we want them to know um what those churches are about so we take them to all so knowing what the functions are knowing who the leaders are knowing who's got what bible study on what night there's literally something every night of the week they can go to yeah um and we get them to as many things as we can so when they do leave us they'll say well i don't know where i'm going to go but i went to that methodist church for something and they were incredible or i went to preparing the way for something they were incredible you know over in moss bluff i mean they're 
it's it's out there. You said that's find the good news is out there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, you just gotta you need to just be informed. Yeah, right. You know, right. and and that's a good place to start is over there at SC three for sure. Um, go to the Biker Church or uh, go check out the Grove when we have some things going on there. Um, there's uh, everybody's got social media now. We, we we all share amongst each other and and knowing what's happening with each other. So so what's the what are how, what's the number one way that people are finding out about you i mean like if if someone needs to get into you know if they are dealing with addiction or they're they need to get into recovery mm-hmm. and they need to get into your home well how are people finding you and how are they making that connection well um a lot of word of mouth but we are um also on 211 you, okay. can, you can call 211 and um we're we're listed in there now um i don't know if we are we're fixing to be but um any of the um most of the churches are pretty familiar with us now. Care Help, of course, knows all about us. Sure. Um, getting uh, social media. Um, I try and, I mean, a lot of what almost home uh, word, getting that word out is a lot of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I got to tell people, you know, everybody has my number. It's not a secret. Like, pretty much everybody. You can go to Calcasieu Parish Correctional and think it's written on the wall. So, <laughs> whatever. I mean, you know, we, we get we get the word out there. Um, and But finding it, um, I know that, um, like I said, 211, we're, we're working with that right now, um, trying to make sure that when they call, they'll know this is kind of what we do, and then, they, and then they'll send them to us, and then we can kind of... Um, so is there a part is there a dimension to your program where because the name's almost home and it just made me think of it when you just said it out loud you know that you're in the home you're going through the program the discipleship is there a part where it's like okay now we're trying to move into the stage where you're reconnecting with family and friends and loved ones yeah absolutely everybody gets kind of a um they get a a financial a spiritual a physical a mental plan as they come start going through the program um if they come in with a support system we immediately connect with that family and let them know their progress and what they're doing if it's a healthy support system if it's not a healthy support system it that kind of will vary on how long it'll take Mm. for us to want to start reaching out to them because we want our person to be really strong before we reconnect yeah Um, especially if it's children we're partnered with social services um, with DCFS. We've done quite a few cases with them, probation and parole, all that kind of stuff. But as far as reconnecting them back, um, once they're making healthy choices, um, a lot of times, um, sometimes they have to cut the family, and, and that's yeah, not I something wondered that they about can't, that. You know, and unfortunately, we do have to help them do that sometimes and say this is not something that you can do right now. Um, there may be a time God's got a restoration; it will happen in His timing. But right now, maybe that's what we have to do. But if they have a healthy support system, we immediately start trying to connect with them. Uh, matter of fact, we're gonna like. We have a young man in our program right now that's trying to get his son, um, be reconnected with his son. So we'll take him over the holidays. He'll actually be at our home, me and my husband's home. And um, he'll come in and um, for about a week or so and watch him reconnect with his son. So we can hands-on with him and see how he's feeling, how his son's feeling, what's that restoration looking like, where are we headed with that. Um, And we'll invite him into our classes, um, try and get him involved in church. We do have a home. Uh, once they go through our program for the ladies we have a kind of a graduation house um, that they can move into where they get a private room and they're a little bit more independent um, and we're, we just started that phase a few months ago um, for some ladies to come through the program a while back and they're so they're kind of like leading a home now so there's 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 all kind of um, 
uh, programs set up for them to watch them grow because that's that's the the thing we tell them. we want you to grow and go we don't want i love you i'd love to have you here forever but that's not the goal right we, we, we got new people coming in um my i'm always thinking about the the girl that's not here yet that's the right, one that I, I'm, right. I'm, my heart is for the one that's not here yet let's mm. get all this stuff set up and let's make sure everything's good for her so when she gets here because um, we don't know who she is god does but when she gets here we want to know um, that everything's ready for her that we haven't burned any bridges that no one we haven't allowed anyone to burn bridges that's how we get um the probation parole dcfs different judges um starting to trust our programs because they know that we don't we don't play games you know i will let you know i'm holding you accountable even with the the businesses that we partner with we go into there and we say hey you get them you get us because we're, we're saying we think they're ready for this and we're coming with them if you need us we're going to hold them so y'all are talking about like getting helping people get employment and things yeah, like absolutely. that oh, okay. oh absolutely okay. Okay. yeah they usually have a couple of months before they go to work depending on, on kind of where they come from um, we'll, we'll let them kind of decompress for yeah. a couple of months and then um, they'll then we'll start trying to help them get um, on a job they have a job track through SC3 they can do um, several businesses we're starting to partner with Pastor Jay's got quite a few Sean's got I mean everybody's got a few little connections here and there but we we kind of make sure are they being timely are they being you know they nice and strong minded yeah you know, sure things like that i can see that but, that's incredible i didn't know y'all did that as well yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's getting there um where they we're going to have um even more things after the first of the year that we're going to be able to get them into we just partnered with uh, um uh, a job um job search uh, program where they can actually go on the job training um, for a while and they can go to school okay. and different things. And that all goes through SC3. Um, they're open uh, Monday through Thursday from 10 to 2 after the first of the year. They're closed right now for the holidays, but um, they can go through there and find out all kind of neat programs that we have going on. Wow. So yeah. what, I'm, I'm, this is a curious question for me. What uh, what is something that's really common? Have you seen like common, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Common reasons, I guess, for people to end up in a home like yours. I mean, is there something like over this last five years that you've yeah. just gone, oh, this is all almost always this is a factor? Just that radical financial uh, down downward spiral that they cannot get out of. Really? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, of course, the addiction is is part of it. it that mindset, that mm -hmm. backwards mindset, that that maybe they they have burned a lot of bridges mm -hmm. um, by their choices, and so now they're in it and they want out. Now they can't. You know, yeah. they can't get out of that financial. They 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 don't have that family support. Maybe their family support was good. Um, nice and healthy but they burnt a lot and so they're just like I, you have fun with them i'm not dealing with this you yeah, know you're gotcha. asking a while ago like how do we connect them with their families well the first thing i ask them is what's your family dynamic mm -hmm. what is your family dynamic where who are your brother how many brothers and sisters are you close with them where's your mom where's your dad how many aunts and uncles are in your family that are interested in you and and most of the time they'll say um well they don't want nothing to do with me mm -hmm. I, no i haven't talked to her in years mm -hmm. or no i haven't and so of course if they're in victim mentality it's because they're they don't they don't like me they don't trust me they're not it's okay because you were a turd mm. for 30 years mm -hmm. they're tired of you you know thank like i said i had my mother-in-law and my aunts and uncles that when i decided to quit being a turd <laughs> they said okay let's do this yeah. I, you know but um not everybody has that so that's a real common thing um and but if they say 
you know, yeah, my mom loves me to death. Man, she's just tired of me. She's burned out on me. Okay, well, let's work on you, and then let's go work on mom. Mm -hmm. And say, okay, mom, I've worked with her for three months now. She is really trying hard. I've put her through this trial. We've put this pressure on her. We've done this, this, and this. She is, She's doing it. Let's, let's, can you give her a chance? Can you come to a class? You know, yeah. um, so, but that financial is a huge hurdle for them yeah. because um, maybe they, I mean, you know, we believe how many... Um, People have warrants out for their arrest that they're just hiding um, over just something minor because they don't even have the money to go to the courthouse to answer to oh, it because no. they know they're going back. They're going to yeah. get locked back up. Um, and it's that, a cycle. And then that if they go get locked back up and they did have a little bit of something, by the time they get out, it's gone. Yeah. So they're like, I know I need to do this, but... If I do, I'm going to lose what the couch that I did have to sleep on, no, or right, my right. kids, or maybe a job, you yeah. know. Um, and so um, we try and break down all of those financial barriers for them before they leave to say, yeah. okay, yeah, you can come in, get sober, and get a job, and probably have a place in three or four months. But you're leaving with the same exact thing you came in here with. You have no driver's license because you owe too much in fees. Your probation fees are behind. If it's a man, your so, your your child support is upside down. Did you answer to your warrants? Did you get so? It takes about a year, honestly, and for some even longer. But to really unravel some of those things, the first couple of months is just them. They're like coming on and going, oh. I'm doing something different now. Mm -hmm. And then the next few months is let's get them structured. Let's get them, you know, kind of thinking about going to work. And, and can you can you just show up for a few months on time? Can yeah. we just do that? You yeah, know, right. And now let's start the building, the the rebuilding, the, the financial, mm -hmm. you know, and for, for some people having a car is so far out there for them. Right. That's not even an option. Right. You know, like that. So that's the least of their concerns. Right. You know, um, and so we have to tell them, no, that's not. It's it's not out of your reach. It's really not. This can happen. We can do, if we set it up and get you to follow something and some structure, then it, it can happen. And not all of them do it. Now, you know, we've had some really good success stories this past couple of years that um, we're real excited about. But for every one that we had, we lost 10. Yeah. That just weren't ready. Man, and that's, we, that's something you have to understand. Some of them just are not quite there. Yeah. And it might take four or five times around that around that mountain before they do it. You know, the one I have running up there and, and doing helping with the sober house now, there was four or five times around that mountain just with me, not even with her family before me. Okay. Yeah. But now we're we're pushing a year sober, so we're good. You know, we feel pretty good about it. Yeah. But there was a lot of running around that before it happened, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, you're listening to that whole thing about the financial. I, I think I have a lot of conversations like that also, and uh, privately and publicly. And I think that that's something that so many of us who do have, and things are fairly stable, we we really forget that 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 little spiral can destroy people's lives. Absolutely. And it's the working poor. I mean, because mm -hmm. I know people that are working so hard. But they still cannot make just the bare right. bare minimum, the most meager of living. And, you know, one without a support system mm -hmm. or a family member mm -hmm. that's willing to help, you know, it would take one, two trips and they'd be done. I done. mean, it, any hiccup in that whole system and, and it all falls and apart. And not just done, done to, and, and take a while to get back. Yeah, right. You know, because so, then you lose the you right. lose your shelter, you may lose your vehicle, and then one by one, yeah. you know, it unravels. And if you have children involved in that situation, oh, I that's mean, it's a just whole even more compounded. Thing. Yeah, I've I've met many people like that, and they just it's 
it's heartbreaking, honestly. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, mm-hmm. it just it just withers my heart whenever I, I meet people that I go, wow, they're they're living with a family from at the mercy of whoever will let them stay there yeah. for as long as they will. But then when they have to go, they've got to find someplace else. I mean, I've met people who are living in you know just concrete floors in people's garages with their kids yep. or a shed or yep. and you just go this is right here in this town. it's right there it's right next you know, door yeah, these are absolutely. families living like this mm-hmm. and they just can't can't get out of that cycle there's yeah. too many hurdles you know one of the things we want to look for when we first get them is um what their willpower is where are they at mm. with things are, are are they um and and thankfully you know i used to when i was out in the world i thought i had a really good bs detector but apparently it's called discernment and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um it's it's really quickly trying to figure out is is this somebody who given those tools and given those opportunities is going to use that or abuse that right and unfortunately we do have to do that pretty quickly mm. and then know sometimes to go um uh, we, we've done this a b and c you're not meeting that when you're ready let me know yeah right okay right. because i have five people in line because you got other this. people that's exactly you know? right and so we're, we're pretty alone. we're pretty we're pretty strong about that all, across all of these ministries um is you know here's some things to do and, and yes i want to help you absolutely here's some things to do and you have a week to let me know what's up and yeah. then you're going to check in. I'm going to check in with you this this next weekend or whatever. Be at church on Sunday. Do this. Do that. Um, and it's not about works necessarily, but you know we, we need to see. We need to see where you're at because we are putting in a lot. Yeah. And and there's a lot of and we're asking a lot when we're out here doing these kind of things, podcasts and radio and and meetings and things like that. We're asking people take a chance on who we're saying take a chance on, and they're having to trust our word for that. And so we want to make sure we're giving them a good quality of somebody that's going like, hey, I know this guy's got, you know, 10 years backed up prison and 20 years of addiction, whatever. But, you know, I really there's something different here. There's something here. Can you just give him that chance? And we can't let people burn those bridges. Yeah. You know, because um, if that would happen, then when that next girl gets here, that's not even here yet, um, she already doesn't have that opportunity. And that's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, we, we really have to protect that. And it's real important to protect that. Yeah. And um, so we um, we take those kind of things pretty seriously. Um, and But the ones that want to do it, it can happen. It takes a lot of work. Um, you know, we're, we're not even where we want to be yet in, in our family. I mean, we still have struggles all the time that we deal with yeah. because of our past. Um, but, uh, you know, when you, you get out of the way, put God in charge. Let him lead and order your steps. It, I told him, I said, be sober, be good, and go to church. God will fix all the rest of it. I do not know what's going to happen for you. What's our plan? What are we going to do? I don't know. I'm not your answer. <laughs> There's a whole book it talks about. It's called the Bible. I, all I know is be good, be sober, and go to church, and God will fix the rest. I know that. Well, it's, you know, you know definitely <laughs> people, you have to do something, right? right? I mean, you have to take an action. That's something I definitely believe in is right action. And it's... You can just sit on a log and wait, mm-hmm. but you you can go grow old and gray doing mm-hmm. that. I mean, and nothing change. You really have to take a right step, you know, and say, okay, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and do something different. Mm-hmm. Point myself in a new direction and walk towards that right. and just keep on walking, you yeah. know, and then day by day you get closer and closer to that. Right. And, and that's hard for us to do is to make a critical shift, though. Yeah. And patterns and habits, they're so hard. Yeah, well, be- they make trenches. Like, yeah. You know, I felt like um, you ever walk through one of those fun houses that have like those little hanging, almost like punching bag things and they're knocking you all over the place and you're just trying to get through there. But 
that's almost what it feels like sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, I just need to get to the other side, but I just keep getting hit and knocked mm-hmm. all over the place. And some people, sometimes people just give up. Yeah. And they get too tired and they give up and they don't want to keep going. Yeah. We found that there's a lot of people out there that want to know what's happening and what can I do to help. Um, and there's there's different there's different levels of that with people. Some people want to, um, and there's nothing wrong with this at all, but some people just want to give you a check and they don't really want to do the dirt. Sure, sure. You know? I understand. And I love those people. They're, I'm fine with those people. <laughs> you can put it to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and then there's others that want to get in the trenches with us and do sure. this, you know, but some people don't, you know, and, and, and you get good and, 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 and bad uh, feedback on that. Well, they just throw money at, at a problem and I'm cool with that. We need you know, it. To we do need that the... too. Okay. Um, and you know that doesn't make them any less of help. You know it means that you know that's just not that's not who I am. I'm not, I don't want to go in there. And, and, and I've had I've had um, several a couple of my friends tell me said, you know, but I don't I don't want to do what you do, man. I don't want to go to trap houses and pull people out of ditches and watch them while they puke. And I said, yeah, I love that, man. I'm in it. Let's do that. You know. And they're like, yeah, no. I said, well, you know, I don't want to do what you want to do. Uh, that's not interesting to me either, you know. And I thought, I tell you what, I'm gonna do. I said, I'm gonna go clean them up. Me and Jesus are gonna get them all stitched and bandaged and do everything. Ooh. <laughs> We're gonna get them all stitched and bandaged, and then you go take them to tea. Cause I I don't I don't do tea, you know. I don't do tea and cookies. I, I'd rather go back here to the, to the trenches and do that part. You know, it takes all of us to do all of that. So yeah. if there's something that you don't know what to do. Um, just get in touch with somebody because we have a hair salon here in town that about once every couple of months, that's what they do. You know, they, they donate a, a, a haircut and, a, and to these ladies, some of whom have never had their hair professionally done. You know what I mean? And that's what they do. They don't know what to do, but as you do that and you don't have that, they look forward to that. You know, um, we have people that they, they go get little $5 uh, gift cards and just drop them off. So when they want to go get a McDonald's, I can give them a little $5. They can earn it. They have to earn it. Um, and they'll go, they'll give them a little $5 gift card, you know, instead of throwing cash at them, you know, maybe they're giving them something to eat. Um, we have some churches that uh, they just supply a lot of the the essentials, you know. Um, and then we have, of course, the, the financial partners that are it, awesome, you know, even if it's $25 a month or $50 a year or whatever it is that start funding and showing us, you know, um, do fundraisers for us. Our church is going to have, I think it's Pompelli's, is going to have a... Um, a fundraiser where they're going to um, set up and they're going to take care of everything and they donate everything they get to our church. Oh, wow. You know, so yeah. um, any of that kind of stuff that we can find out about, um, and we'll do our part to, to make that happen as well. You know, we go speak to different groups and, um, you know, so um, we have uh, over at SC3, we have like our, our t-shirt shop and all those different kinds of things that um that are helping people all over this community, um, teaching them skills and teaching them. Um, we have our, our uh, Aspire uh, Learning Center. They can get their GED. They can take phlebotomy. One of the ladies that came through the program years ago, before we even knew this was a program, I didn't even know them back then, she came through and did all this amazing stuff with Paula, and then now she's running a phlebotomy class for the women oh, wow. and, and, and people that huh. are coming through these pro- You know, So um, things were happening before any of this was even happening. Yeah. You know? And and uh, so he goes before us. Yeah. The groundwork's laid. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The path's yeah. already been walked. Uh, yeah. 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 And, there, and there's incredible stories about that. And I'd love to be able to have people come tell their stories. A few of them have been on the radio a few times. Um, and they love to share about yeah. what God's done for them, you know, um, and come check out our class. That's always a fun thing to do. They, they get up there and they give their testimonies. And um, once a month out at Freedom, they do their chip night. Yeah. Um, and they do that up there in De Quincey as well. Uh, Mouse Bluff. I mean, it's 
it's uh it's just a great um community to be a part of it's amazing sure. I, I love i love your story i love that it that your lifestyle was just transformed and <laughs> yeah. completely turned into a blessing for so many other people yeah you know and i'm not trying to shower praise on right. you you know i understand that you yeah. know where that comes from i'm just saying that i love the i love transformation i love yeah. stories of transformation i love stories true stories where people just go i'm done i'm doing something different right. now and it's a complete 180 yeah. and then you know start walking a new direction and helping other people along the way yeah and, you, and those are choices of how you're going to use um tragedy tragedy in your life are you going to be a victim or a victor mm. you know that's what we talk about all the time um we lost a little sister last year to addiction uh, mm-hmm. my family did and um god's already using it for amazing things it's a tough thing to go through mm. you know um but um and we recently just uh, laid to rest one of the ladies that came through our houses so there's been some beautiful things happen there's been some real trials you know yeah. some real deep things that have happened we see people that have lost their children and have not gotten them back you know we've seen people that have gotten their children back and they're raising them now but we've also had a couple that you know their kids were put up for adoption yeah. it was it was a little too long before they got it together you know so um we've seen both sides of it all the time uh and um but you know, God uses it all for good. If we use, if we, we, that's our choice is to see how are you going to walk through this. And when we went through this with our, uh, losing our little sister last year, um, that was probably the first test of our family's faith as, as Christians. Really? Um, we had had some before, you know, we'd lost people before in out in the, when we were all out in the world. My mother passed a year before I got sober. She never got to see this version of me here on earth. Um, but that's okay because, you know, God's using that too. You know, and uh, but that was our way of seeing our family stand through that faith, and it's been hard. We've we've had several that are really struggling with it, but we've done it. You know, and we and and with God's help and our support system and the people that are, that that's, that that rally with us, um, we went in and we came out. You know, and that's what I tell them. I said, you know, I, we're like you said when we first sat down. Um, I like to be transparent. I like people to know that we do get it. You know, I've had my children have been in addiction. I've been in addiction. Um, we've lost family members. Um, you know, we've had some pretty serious things happen in our family. But you know, they see us go in and they see us come out. And that's what uh, I think uh, any anyone that's trying to uh, model after someone with the scripture tells do, you know, model those that have gone before you. And I, I want to do that. I, every pastor I've had, they're so transparent. They have no problem saying, yeah, I was, that's who I was. I mean, I think you interviewed Sean a while back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. He's, yeah, you know, two weeks ago. Right here in, in from Sulphur, you know. Um, and you still sometimes you say his name. I didn't know them back then, but, you know, you say that name, they're like, wow. You know, it's just mm. incredible. And every once in a while we'll have someone come through our program. And uh, I believe God gave us a, uh, here in Sulphur, not Westlake, because that's where we did kind of all our dirt. And uh, But they'll come through and they're like, Come on, no way. You know, yeah. You Surprised, know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. but it has been a, a a pretty radical transformation and it's something that we're still sometimes getting used to that new skin. Yeah, no, that's a good is, way to say is, that. Is, is is interesting at times. Yeah, you know. I talk about that sometimes. I think about it quite a bit too because there's almost like a, all all of us maybe have this to one degree or another, but uh, it's like a thin-skinned membrane, almost like this version of yourself that's trying to break through, mm-hmm. you know, and it's pushing against that membrane constantly, trying to let you hear its voice and let yeah. you let you become that. But we, that that skin sometimes is so thick, mm-hmm. you know, and that that person can't come through. And I 
I find in my life it the th- the skin gets thinner and thinner, mm-hmm. you know, and That's that good. other person slowly begins to yeah. you start to see the features yeah. of this new person. Well, we know? were this way for you know forty four years. Mm. <laughs> Five years this way, yeah. So right. you know, it, right. uh, naturally, it's going to be a, a little difficult. But like you said, it, it does get easier, and it just becomes who you are. Because when we went through this last year. Um, and then, and then recently, have, we have a son that uh, stays sick a lot, and we we're in a hospital a lot. And then, right during that, found out we lost one of the girls that had come through our houses, mm. and you know. Um, but never for a second did I think about any of my old ways because this is who I am now, and, and it was a good feeling to think now I, this is how I think. I didn't even have to go. Oh man, I could really no. It didn't even wasn't even a fleeting thought because I tell tell the ones that we're teaching now. This is who we are now. This mm-hmm. There's not an option. If you take that option off the table of when I have a bad day, am I going to do this or am I going to do this? Well, if it's not an option, you're just going to you're just going to go the right way. Right. Because this is now this is what I do now. I don't I don't hesitate in that. I don't it's not a it's, it's not a barrier because when I said I surrender, my chains were broken. And that's what one of the things that we do in our classes. I don't talk about let's break the chains. The chains were broken when you surrendered. The chains were broken. So let's move on. Mm-hmm. Let's grow up in Christ and 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 work our recovery towards our walk with Christ. You know, instead of staying in that mindset of I've got to I've got to keep, you know, getting better, getting better. Well, just keep growing up. Mm. You know, and, and Bible study is a, is a meeting and, you know, going to church is your group, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I love my recovery time. I mean, I love going and doing those things, but also want to shift more and more towards my body of Christ. And I want to switch more and more towards leaning on my Bible studies. And and that's how I grow up. You know, I always I'll never forget where I come from. I know very clearly where I was at and what God delivered us from. But I want to stay teachable and I want to grow and I want to I want to keep bringing going up there because that's what when I look back I want that to, that distance to get further and further from who who the enemy thought I was and who I I claimed over myself for many years because that's not who I am. This is what people say you know well, you're not who you used to be. Thank goodness because that wasn't what that wasn't who I was. Mm, this yeah, is who yeah, I right, am. Right, I got you. Since you're sitting there telling me I'm not who I used to be, yeah, no, you're right. I wasn't. Well, so often, I mean, <laughs> even as when a parent has a child who's going through this, you know, you, and they grow up and they're caught in addiction and destructive behavior and destructive patterns, those parents who have long good memories will look upon that child and go, I know this isn't who you are because right. I, I remember That's, you yes, exactly. as the loving child, <laughs> the one that, that said, I love you, daddy, or the one that did this sweet thing and the one that, that mm-hmm. was always joyous and smiling. And so parents have that, that, that version of the child. When we grow up, though, we sometimes, sometimes we forget that right. version of ourselves and we think who we are That's as an good. adult. And I, I tend to... And I don't know, maybe my memory works like this and my mom thinks it's kind of funny sometimes that the things I can remember. But I, I sometimes look. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. The other day, because I was journaling about this, I was I brought my boys out to the the Longleaf Vista Trail. And we went to this place where I went camping. With I've been camping there so many times when I was younger in my 20s, 19, 20, 21, 22. I had a, so many camping trips there with my friends on those mesas out there. You know, and the other two weeks ago when, when I was out there with my boys, it was a beautiful day and the wind was blowing and 
you know, there's still these sort of scarch marks on the rock where you can see where people had had fires. Now, they don't let mm. you camp out there anymore, but mm-hmm. my boys were just out there looking over the cliff and it was real quiet. And I was just standing there and sort of sunk into my own memory. Mm. And just for like this little moment, I could almost see those campfires, you know, and I could see myself as a 20 year old kid. Mm-hmm. with my friends or whoever I was with and the fire crackling. And I got this weird sense that I was actually there just outside of the firelight watching my, you know, wow. watch, watching myself. And then I almost got the sense that I was 20 years old again, getting the sense That's cool. that I was watching myself. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we're, I'm him too. That's good. I'm him too. I mean, I'm him. I'm me, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but I'm also him too, like 20 year old me. Wow. Which means I'm also 10 year old me or five year old me. That. So I'm still, I'm still that kid that yeah. was riding on my dad's shoulders. Yeah. Eating honeysuckle drops. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like our parents see us that way. Yes, exactly right. And so, and I, I tend to take that view with Christ too, that Christ sees me that way That's too. Exactly right. Like a, 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 this child that hasn't been stuck with all the stuff that I this identity that I make as an adult you know yeah because see he knew that he knew that today we'd be sitting here doing this even when I was in my 20s being what I was doing (laughs) right like he knew that yeah time doesn't work like that we 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 talk about this constantly like this line of time like oh well I'm here today well that's a very human way of looking at time there's that and then this and then that's next and there's what's coming but when you think about a divine view time really isn't like that it's Mm -hmm. all one picture so it's sort of already happened yet somehow there's still yeah it matters what we do even though ultimately yeah there is a an end to it well my friend glenn up in in in, uh in de quincey he said this and i I told him i'm taking this i'm going to give you credit every time i say it but i'm taking it (laughs) (laughs) is that that you know god already knows like over here what we're going to do and how screwed up we're going to do something he still thinks we're awesome okay (laughs) like he knows when i'm like 62 i'm going to do something not okay. I'm going to say something rude to somebody or I'm going to do something I'm not supposed to do. And so, and he still thinks I'm awesome. But mm. he already knows okay, mm. what I'm going to. And so I think about, like I was telling this last night in class, you know, when I was 20, I, you would have, and 30, you would have never convinced me this is what I would be doing. Mm. I, that was just, he knew. And so he's going like, okay, I know what you're doing, but I know where you're going. Yeah. And I know what you're going to be at and I know what you're going to be doing. And I'm okay with you. Mm. And I love you, and I'm it's okay. I'm okay with you. I'm not like okay with what you're doing because I'm on. Let's get it together. But I had this plan for you, and it's over here. And how long is it going to take you to get there? Yeah. How long is it going to take you to get there? Right. You know. We and, can't see the way. No. And and you know. And then when we do, we still kind of like you're saying. We can, we still kind of stay in that little moment because you know he's got bigger and better and more, even more than that, even mm-hmm. more than what we're doing right now. He's got that for us. And so we take yeah. them into that. One of the things I like to try and do with them is say, tell me a time where you f- you felt like that five-year-old, that 10-year-old, that 20-year-old, whatever. And and so it's there, right? You know it. Mm-hmm. You know you know who that is. You know, And if it's a parent and they've lost their kids, tell me when you knew you were doing that okay. Let's go there and let's mm-hmm. build from there because that's who you are. Yeah. Because that's who you are. And these other things, you know, the enemy has, has got a hold of you, but you, you, there's, there's things there. So... 
when we were out in the world, you know, we were helping and we were doing and we were um, all these things that, that we're doing now. You know, we loved housing people. And yes, my husband picks on me. He says, I collect people. You know, when my mentor says the same thing about herself, she says, I don't, you know, people collect the other things. I collect people, you know, and that's what I do. I like to collect people. I like to help people. I like to have people around me and, um, and, and do for them, you yeah. know, and make them understand how special they are and how cool they are. And, and that, you know, I don't have that way about me, but I love that about you. And so when you remind them of that and you show them that, and then they back that up with God's love and, and God's grace and God's mercy and all these other things, it's it's just a, a win-win. Yeah. Because they can find themselves and they can know who they are. And um, I love all the ways that he ha- that I was. I don't I don't necessarily want to be completely different because my boldness. You could, I couldn't be in the ministry I'm in if I was that girl that didn't have any boldness or assertiveness to her yeah like you, you know we had we deal with some tough people <laughs> sure you know you got thick skin you know yeah. i told i said i have to tell my girls all the time i said okay it's, it's hate miss beth on facebook day do not respond you know they're like no we're, i said no I, I really god's my my protector right don't go in do there and, not right. respond i said i don't even mean positively or negatively we are not responding but the reality is, you know, you lead, you bleed, you know, and <laughs> you, you get wicked people on us all the time. And if I wasn't that way, then I just had to like, just, we were talking about, you have to just flip that and use it for what I can do good with yeah, it. Right. Because um, that even going through what I went through as a child, um, watching, you know, losing my brother, all the different things that we went through um, made me who I am, you know, and I don't, I don't want. I want to know that, you know, I want mm-hmm. people to know that because it, it, it prepared me, you know, I, my little sisters were my original nightmares for learning how to take care of these women. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, if I hadn't gone through what I went through with them, you know, where would I be at for these ladies? You yeah. know, shaping um, and molding. That's what's yeah, happening. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And all the things that I went through with, with my mom, you know, I, I, I cherish it now because I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for showing me and helping me because I can literally see her in every woman that I deal with. Mm. Um, the the young, the middle, the older, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. I can see it all with wow, them. Every beautiful. woman that comes through here, I can see her. And, and see it's like I get to live out um, being with her all over again mm. in, a, in a good, healthy way. Yeah. Um, one of the ladies I'm helping right now, the lady that finally got off the streets, um, she... Uh, She's just precious to me. I didn't get to take care of my mother the way I would have liked to, hmm. you know. Um, and I didn't do some things that I wish I would have done, you know. And I, I, I'm, I've forgiven myself. I'm, I've, I've moved on, and, and I'm okay but with it. But still, it's still but good the way you It's nice, are. you know. I go like, you know, I, I feel like he's given me an opportunity, you yeah. know, to do some things. And yeah. same thing with my sister. And um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's just, um, I don't know, ha- having that opportunity to really give back. And for what he's done, I can't do it enough. Yeah. I cannot do it enough. Like, it's just my whole life's work um, now, you know, and, and my husband and my family, too. And they, they, they stand right beside me, you know. I, I ask them whatever, and they're like, all right, mom, let's go, you know. Hmm. And uh, my grandkids are, are serving and helping. I have two t- um, 10-year-old granddaughters. Well, one's 10, one's fixing to be 10. And um, they're ministering at school. 
and they're um, talking to kids and they, they speak recovery. It's kind of funny. They go and they talk, you know, what's your struggle today? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but they're learning and um, it's it's just good stuff. Well, it's making compassionate yeah. people. And it's just it's a trickling out effect. Yeah, you know? I love that. Yeah, and breaking those curses. And, yeah. and that's not who we are. And my grandkids won't live that life. Yeah, we don't and have to that. live in those curses. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we don't. That's true. I mean, that's a conversation that's on my lips quite a bit with people I love that we don't have to live out this story mm-hmm. that that we think is the story of our family. Right. You know, it can, we can change. We can change that right now that's right you know yeah we absolutely can yeah and and that's a beautiful thing we get to do that every day um around the front lines yeah and uh i wouldn't trade it for anything in the world um but i very much appreciate the ones that are behind us supporting us and helping us um because without that we can't do this yeah um like i said i've had amazing people in my life teach me and and, and shape me and mold me and uh discipline me you know discipline is very important to discipleship you know and if you don't have that you you won't be it's much harder you know well, especially too for somebody that's coming out of kind of chaos mm-hmm. and addiction i mean you can slip right back into old patterns if absolutely you don't have any kind of discipline you know yeah. submission is, is essential uh it really is and and you know that's uh i tell you, you know submitting to to us through him you know it's not about submitting to us at all but submitting to god because if you're not if you're not then you, you're just really you're going to stay stagnant you know, and um, so I, I kind of enjoy it now. I still struggle with it at times, you know, and if you talk to my husband, I'm sure he'd let you know that because I'm a kind of a hard person to lead. He's a very passive person. I'm not, <laughs> you know, so um, but I'm, I'm trying to learn to submit to him, my pastors, you know, and, and, and grow in that, you know, and that can be hard, hmm. you know, coming out of what we, where I come from, you sure, know, and, sure. and being in charge, you know, whatever. But um, it's it's it, like you were saying earlier. It gets easier and easier. That that skin gets thinner and thinner. And it's like now I'm like I want to I want to submit. Like please take the lead. Please do something. You yeah, know, because I can, I can see that sit sure. back and, and and enjoy. I'm yeah. tired. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Right, right. Point. Well, I heard a priest one time say something really beautiful. I, I was complimenting on something he had said. The form he was using for something, and he and he held a pencil up. He said, and I just he said honestly he said I just want to be a pencil. <laughs> you know, he said, and that's how I try to imagine a. Just a good sharp pencil and mm-hmm. being an, an instrument in God's hand. That's it. That's yeah, all. I that's try to cool. I try to get out of the way and just be a pencil. I like that. And I was like, I like that too. I was a very simple way of saying that. That I'm. I just want to be this simple thing and just. If, if you want me to be sharp, I'll be sharp, mm-hmm. you know, and just use me and I get to try to get out of the way. Yeah. And I was like, that's a, that's a beautiful. That's really cool. One of the things we're working on right now in the, the, the we're in the part of the semester, we're graduating in a couple of weeks is learning to be where we're at, mm. like right here. So while I'm here with you, I want to be right here. Yes, I don't right. already want to Not be thinking about in my next co- meeting I have later today. Right. I want to be here, you right. know, and, um, so that, that's a real struggle for people that have been in survival mode for a long time. Sure. Because they're always staying four or five steps ahead to make sure everything's going to be okay. Right. And um, so that's one of the things we're working on right now. And so I'm teaching them to do it. And I'm going like, okay, slow down, you know. Yeah. Um, and I do listen to slow down. I've been told to slow down a lot since I've been in ministry. <laughs> and um, Sean will appreciate that. He's slow down. Uh, what? I don't know what that year is, you know. But um, I'm, I'm learning to do that. And But that's what we're teaching them, you know. Is, is there real tangible things to do to, to, to teach yourself to slow down? Sure. But you have to put them in place. You right. know, I was picking on my ladies the other day because we weren't even um, we weren't even in the parking lot, and she's already basically unbuckled halfway out the door, you know? Yeah. And so I just kind of touched her leg, and I said, can you just be here until we're there? Yeah. 
And she yeah. goes, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, you're already inside the building and I'm not even in the parking lot. Right. You know, I said, be here until you're there because you're going to miss whatever he has for you right here. You know, right. there, there was a moment that was fixing to happen that he created for you, that he had for you, and you just missed it because you're already over there. Yeah. And so I'm a real, I'm real bad about that. Yeah. And so as we teach, we learn. You know, and that's what I'm talking about. So we learn from from them all the time. And if you if you they 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 have plenty to offer, uh, the ones that are broken and the ones that are that are, are even starting their walk. You know, they have a lot to offer. Um, and he he puts everybody in a, in a place for a, for a time such as this. Yeah. You know, I find so, uh, I find that presence is something that's very important to me. And as I get older, it's even more important. But I think. The world really definitely running on a clock like it does can it just gears everybody up to think mm-hmm. about what's next, what's right. coming down the what's tomorrow, what's on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's unfortunately breeds breeds bad behavior, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I mean, granted, you, you we do have things we have to do right. at certain times, but at the same time, we can get trapped in that yeah. and then never get out of that. Right. One of my favorite things to do to break myself of that is. Uh, getting up before the sun comes up completely dark and going and finding somewhere out in the country and waiting for the sun to fully rise. I love I'm, I'm fascinated at my own uh, anticipation and almost anxiety and what that does to break it. Because even just waiting on the sun to rise, you, if you're watching your inner workings, there is a type of almost, a residue anxiety from being trapped in the clock all week wow. that lingers even there. So you're so I, the other morning happened to be, it was really beautiful. It was foggy and the moon was still out and had these beautiful two halos around it. And I was out on this little piece of water out in Shupik Bayou. And I was like, it's night now. Granted, I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, four in the morning, but it's, it's night. There's no sun. It's just dark out here. And so, I did. I had that residue anxiety of like, well, okay, well, what time does the sun come up? I'm looking at my watch. I'm going, well, sunrise isn't until this time. Well, maybe I can come back Uh trying to catch that that perfect moment. And I really caught myself and was like, you're not being present. Right. Oh, that's. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're out here to be present for the sunrise, but you're not even. (laughs) You're too early for it. And so now you have this, well, planning. Planning yeah. what? I was like, wow, this is the whole point. Yeah. It's to break this yes. and be present. Just be present. So I just a little bit of breathing and I got present and I just enjoyed the moonlight mm-hmm. and the dark. And then my eyes adjusted and then all these other things I got to see. And then slowly the sun begins to rise, you know, That's and awesome. overtake the sky. And and I, I laughed at myself, honestly. I was like, wow, it's amazing how we it, it's so hard to just be present. Yeah. And just be here. Yeah. It's like, sure. what's next? What's next? What's yeah. next? What, what time's the sun coming up? Okay, well, if I come back, maybe I'm going to get some coffee. And it's like, yeah. just silliness. Yeah, it is. So why, why can't I just be here? Yeah. Like I said, uh, we, we have to be um, be diligent. I mean, he wants us to be and organized and all those kind of things. Absolutely. But um, just enjoy where you're at. Yeah, just enjoy breathe that it time, in for a minute. You know, yeah. and because... Um, when you purposely slow down and and really take that in, you, I don't know. There's just a peace that comes over that. Yeah. There's a real peace that comes over that, and and then you um you can just really you can cast your care, mm. and you can say you know I, I don't know where I'm, I know what I have to do later today, but I don't have to be there just yet. 
Yeah. I, I can just enjoy where I'm at. So I wrote this down. It's relevant. I wrote it down the other morning in my journal after I had kind of had that experience. And I wrote down, I need to be fully present so I don't miss the presence. Oh, wow. <laughs> because when I'm not present, I do miss his presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I am present, I, I, that's when the heart starts to unlock, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, can't come in if I'm not present because I've got all these, yeah. you know, just locks and girders and bars yeah. and doors all around. And it's it's like a little bomb, you know, mm-hmm. and if I can undo all of that, then I can be present and be present for that presence because that's really what I want. I want to I want to be there for that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm happy. I know this episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. Yeah, this has been wonderful. I've enjoyed talking to you. I love listening to everything that you shared. There is a part of the show called The Fishbowl, Fishing for Goodies. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the show yet. Mm. but So this fishbowl is full of questions and cards with different things on them. And each guest pulls three and then reads them and we talk about them. All righty. Some of these have been submitted by other guests. Some of them have been submitted by listeners. So we never know what's coming out of there. What am I getting into, Warren? I know. This is the part that either it's either fun or anxiety <laughs> inducing. I've actually enjoyed each one of these though. All right. So and draw one at a time. They're all three, we'll whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's some kind of fortune cookie stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you frown upon when it comes to raising kids? Hmm. I'd be curious to know what you have to say about that. Lack of structure. Lack of structure. I am a structure person when it comes to children. Children love structure. Children need structure. Um, 
and that when I see myself or someone else that's not giving that child that structure, uh, I, I, that that's a real sore spot, sore spot for me. Mm. Um, and because I, I know how it can feel to not have that, and yeah. you feel like you need to you have you need to have a foundation. Yeah. You know? If you don't have a foundation, then. So I guess maybe not building a foundation for them. Yeah, I can um, see where you can have like a, it's probably a nice delicate balance with that too, yeah. right? Like some good structure, but still room for them to develop themselves. Themselves, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and w- without that foundation, they're probably really not going to understand who they are because they're going to be searching for too many different things. Sure, you know, um, and I think that um, we've been given an opportunity to do that with uh, with our grandchildren now is yeah. is help. The do with the building structure and foundation and um and I don't know that, that's uh that's a good answer actually I mean in in a way that's kind of how I feel about even religion to be honest mm-hmm. with you I've for sure I, I love um I, I'm I like ritual and, and mm-hmm. repetitive type practices that draw me in to mm-hmm. their beauty, which allows me again to kind of be present right. within them. Like for instance, one of the things that I, I, I've picked it up and laid it down over the years is um, praying the, the holy hours, you know, different times a day, reading certain Psalms at, at different intervals, reading the same thing that other people are all reading mm. around the world. When I'm, I find that with, when I stick to that, my life calms down. My hmm. mind calms down. I, I, I know it's coming. It's a structure. Mm-hmm. When I don't have that, when I'm not doing that, I long for it. Or I feel like it's something broken, like a like a yeah. clock that's not that's skipping or not yeah. doing the time right. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess for me, that's kind of how I feel about religion. I need, a, I need structures, but at the same time, I need to have room for my own walk. Right. Like you said, so yeah. I can become the thing that I need, the better pencil, yeah. you know? That's one of the things I love about our pastor, Pastor Jay, is uh, he allows us, he ha- he gives us a very good structure. He gives yeah. us a very good foundation, what we need, but he allows us to, to move and breathe and, and be what we need to be and yeah. supports us in that. Um, and I think as a pastor, that's an, it's uh, essential. Yeah. And as a parent, that's essential, you know, is yeah. that, you know, give them a foundation and structure and everything like that, but allow them to move around a little bit. And, yeah, and, like and and explore who they are and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but knowing that they have to come, and that's why I, I use our, our our package when I, that's how kind of how I introduce it when I go over it with a, a lady. That's okay. This is our structure. Yeah. You know, this is what we do. This is it. Those okay? are the bones. Right. This yep. is it. This and is everybody it. needs one. So within this, there's a lot of room for grace and movement and growth. But if you start twisting that and turning that into a place that we're not okay with we're going to come right back to it and go remember that structure we showed you yeah right this is what we're going to do so yeah. let's get back in line but feel free to move around in it and do you know because we're going to and that's why I said, i'm not going to hold you to the black and white any more than i expect you to hold me to the black and white because it's not there's a lot of movement and recovery in in, in your walk you know mm-hmm. um but we need to come back to this sometimes and go yeah. like we did say this like if an anchor get, point a yeah. tether yeah, yeah. It makes so, sense yeah. i mean you don't want to be a rudderless ship just floating out right. there and you Absolutely. can end up all alone with no resources or help. If that exactly. You are. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what we got? Good next? one. That was good. That I was like a good that. one. Okay. That was a big one. This okay. is a would you rather card. Oh. And this one might be, this, these tend to be kind of wild, so there's no telling what's on there. <laughs> oh, wow. Would you rather play every instrument or speak every language in the world? Hmm. So one or the other. That's good. 
Yeah, I, I I would definitely rather speak every language in the world so I could make sure that they understood me when I was talking about my my favorite person, yeah. which is my savior. You could speak, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. can make sure they know. I lost the there it is. Um, I uh, yeah, I would like to speak every language because then I would know for sure that they're understanding me. I love playing music, but I think I would choose the same thing because yeah. just to be to, language barriers yeah. so often or so unfortunate. Like when I hear someone, a group of people speaking another language, sometimes I'm just like, man, I wish I knew what they were saying. Yeah. Not just out of curiosity, but I think it would just create more uh, common ground between humanity yeah. if we could, if we all understood each other. Yeah. Even just the nuances of just a single word that means something totally different in yeah. two different, uh, even in the Bible, for instance. I mean, when you're do, when you start digging into word translations and where the root yeah, word comes sure. from, you go, oh, wow, this one word cracks open a whole new meaning if you, if you dig into it. So, yeah, I think that yeah. would be a I'm great. I'm always trying to find avenues when I'm in, in a store or, or wherever, where, where am I fixing to put them in at? Where, where can I slip? Jesus and I, you know. <laughs> right. So if that barrier is there, then you know you can't. Yeah, that's you know? right. It would so, remove a barrier. You're yeah, right. that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good choice. I like that one. All right, let's see. What's this? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if I'm being set up here. Um, what do people say you can't do? Oh. <laughs> Hey, I didn't set those up, so that's the fit the fishbowl provides. <laughs> um, well, currently, they don't think that I can um, not move people into my home. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So they, they currently think you cannot move people into right. Home. Yeah, okay. they don't think I can do it. I think my children are actually wagering, uh, hopefully in a healthy way, uh, against how, when I'm going to move someone into my home because um, that's just what we do. And and I just recently, some of my kids, they move in, they move out, they move in, they move out. And um, so they just moved out. And so this is the first time in 15 years, my husband and I just... Nobody us, there. And well, we have a granddaughter oh, okay. that's with us a lot and our grandchildren, you know, but as yeah. far as adults. No. Right. And so they're like, mom's got an empty bedroom. What's she going to do? And because the other, we, you know, we prayed for a big house because my husband's a spot two bedroom. I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, come on. I collect people. I'm going to put them all over the floor. <laughs> you know, we've had like bedrooms in our kitchen kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing. So they don't currently think that I can do that. I have an empty bedroom and they think I'm going to put, and we also have a, an apartment upstairs outside of our home that's a ministry apartment, which someone is going into, but technically that's not in my home. Right. It's outside. So I, got I think you. I'm going to win. But, um, they don't, so you're going to really, you think you're going to be able to do it, huh? Uh, we're, we've, we've committed to a year. Of just us Keeping, in the, in the yeah. home, you know, the the ministry department will be someone in it, I'm sure, but inside the home, that's what we're trying to do. So, a year, the, a year, yeah, yeah. They don't think I can do it. It really? just started. That's so. interesting. <laughs> you know, um, and it's interesting to hear you say because I'm gonna tell you, like I I've struggled with that too because you know sometimes you do feel that need, like man, I I want to help this person get on their feet and you know mm -hmm. you want to bring them into your home and you but then there's all those fears that come right. from that that people i mean they're natural i'm sure that, i don't have them yeah <laughs> that's how that's that's why i find it fascinating because you probably would be like hey you don't have a space for you if i don't have if i have a bed somebody's going in it yeah you know so we purposely even at the house we just at the woman's house we decided to go down to um five beds and i had six in there and so I told my husband, I said, go over there and take the sixth bed out. Because if it's in there, I'm putting someone in it. I have a question, you know? <laughs> actually. This is a good card because, I mean, I was wondering what. So let's say you, you do meet someone and you see the need and you just know, hey, I, they need help immediately. 
how quickly, I mean, what kind of due diligence do you do to make sure you're safe and all that right. kind of stuff? Because that's questions that I think a lot of people probably yeah. have when they go, hey, I want to help somebody. But Yeah, um, we, we have a team okay. that we use, um, and, and uh, I'm held real accountable to that. I didn't do real good at that in the beginning. I okay. was just really like, snatch them up, throw them in there. Yeah. Let's, yeah. See what, let's see what comes out in the wash. Um, and if you talk to any of the girls that came through the first year and a half, they would say, oh, it was... Wow. <laughs> so um, we, we have a pretty good team that um, I'm held pretty accountable to, to because I do struggle with that. Um, and um, that we have a criteria. Okay. Um, right now, it's, it's quite different than it was when we started. Um, right now, it's more of an independent program where they really need to be kind of on their feet, several months sober. Um, and um, we, we do an interview process. You know, we sit down and talk to them. We run it all by each other a little bit. Um, if we all can get together to talk about it, we do. But if we can't, then we just start shooting messages and kind of updating. I mean, kind of giving them a idea of who we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and usually um, there are uh, cases. I, I had one um, last week where I just got a phone call and I just I'd have to go do this. Yeah. I have to go get this girl. You know. Um, and um, so. I just have to trust my discernment at that point. And, of course, I talk to my husband immediately before I make any decision. And um, he says yes or no. Yeah. You know, and he's got actually, he can tell me no. People don't think he can, but he can. And I listen. And um, so we we put some safety precautions in place depending on um, their uh, their background. Yeah. Um, we, we ask some pretty um, pointed questions that will let us know. Um, and, and right now, they, they need to kind of come recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we're a pretty t- tight-knit group in this community. So we, we'll call each other and say, hey, what do you know about them? we shoot a name. I'll shoot a name to Sean or, or April or somebody, Paula, and just say, okay, what do you know about this person? I yeah. see that we're friends on Facebook. I, I check them on Facebook pretty quick. Um, and, you know, what do you know about them? What's up? Are they a nightmare? What's going on? You yeah. Know? Um, and care help, same thing, you know, whoever we're dealing with. So um, we, we put a few things in place, but we still we want to be led. Um, and sometimes you just have to take that step of faith, you know. Um, we have a pretty low tolerance for um, for drama. Mm. So, and I tell them, I said, I can deal with the needle in your arm more than I'll deal with the attitude <coughs> attitude in your heart. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I can deal with that part, but you start acting up, uh, we don't really deal with that very well. But yeah. that's not something we're going to do. Um, there's grace for that. But um, that will really get them put out of the residential part. Now, they're not ever out of our program. I mean, they can come to anything we have going on. But like I told myself, I don't let crazy live in my house. I'm not going to let crazy live in my women's house. You know? Right, right. So we're, we're going to be good. Well, it needs we're to gonna... be healing and healthy for everybody. And if you yeah. have people healing at different rates, right. you know, you can't have somebody yeah. really coming in and, and shaking up somebody else's right. recovery, right? I yeah. mean, and, we, and we've had that happen. And, and, and quite honestly, we've had that happen based on not um, screening them enough hmm. and really just going on my feelings, you know, or someone else's feelings and going like, okay, let's try this. And then, so, and then it shakes up the house. We try and keep the houses um, very uh, stable as much as we can now. Um, and we've learned a lot over the last couple of years doing that. Um, but there's a few things we put in place, um, mostly just communication within our team and talking. Um, and, and, and we, um, taking the chance the time to, to talk to them and, and asking God reveal. Mm. That's the first thing we should pray, reveal. As I'm talking to her, reveal anything I need to know and almost always something will sometimes it takes a little bit of time um, to pop up, but he always reveals. You know, I told her, I said, you know, I'm God's girl. He tells me everything. I have a T-shirt and everything that says so. It says God's girl. <laughs> and um, he tells me everything. So you might as well tell me now. Because if you tell me, um, even if I don't like it, I can trust you. 
Right. If I can't trust you, I can't work with you. Yeah. Um, and even if I don't, I'm going to like what you're going to, I'm going to hear. Tell me. So we can, we can, I can, okay, well, yeah, you know, she messed up, but I can trust her. Yeah. You know, and now I can work with you and we can just and help let us decide which direction do we want to go. Um, so there's a lot of grace in it. You know, like I said, you can't tell, you can't say, well, God led me to lead a broken ministry and then get frustrated when people act broken. Right. You know, right. They're right. going to be broken. That's right. <laughs> they're going to act up. It's going to happen. You know, I get that. I get what you're saying. And without getting into it, I totally understand mm-hmm. exactly what you mean. And yeah. maybe, maybe not exactly the same way, but yeah, you can't expect it to be what it is. To not be what it is, right. if you ask for that, yeah. and you're you're made for that, yeah. And I think I think just being real um, upfront with what we expect uh, helps a lot. Um, and that again comes with us being out there for a long time and understanding. You know, I didn't always wear skirts, so don't try and push something over on us. You know, yeah. we we we've had we do have a past. So and I do understand manipulation. I do understand um, the things like the people do survival mode stuff. You know, we understand sure. it. And so we're not going to tolerate it. We don't live like that no more. Yeah. You know, and so leave that there if you want to be here. Yeah. You know, so. Those were good questions. Yeah, they were. I like, I like it when the questions, uh, sometimes they're not relevant, but I like it whenever they can be. Yeah. And those three were. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So we're at the end, and this is a great opportunity for you to tell people if there's any last thing that you want for people to know, and um, uh, just also how to get in touch with you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't have a problem giving out my information. Um, it's Beth Bunch uh, on Facebook. It's Beth Fields Bunch, um, and it's almost home to uh, almost home ministries on Facebook. And uh, phone number is three three seven eight five three zero 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 four. Our community center is located at 501 East Burton in Sulphur. Um, you can contact us through SC3, Sulphur Christian Community Coalition, um, on Facebook. And um, stop by and see us open Monday th- uh, through Thursday, 10 to 2, after the first of the year. Um, amazing programs. Come by the Open Door Biker Church and check us out. We're, we're there um, every day serving lunch. Um, we have Freedom Friday meeting at The Rock um, every Friday night at 6.30. And um, just amazing, amazing things going on. Um, and if you're interested in our sponsorship program, each one of us has one. So um, just reach out, and we'll be happy to tell you about that. Um, so. Yeah, well, I thank you for your service, and thanks thank for you. taking the time to come talk to me. Yeah, it's been amazing. I appreciate it. I love you just. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Beth Fields Bunch. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. You can help me continue producing Find the Good News by becoming an Early Riser patron at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. Share an episode with someone you care about or leave a kind review. I thank you for your support and for pressing play.